What's up, everybody? We're getting ready to get into episode seven, which I am shortly corrected on, and you'll hear that. But before we do, Skype is a tricky beast, which is how we record this show. And there is a volume issue uh, with our guests uh, and with Gort until about the 40-minute mark. You should be able to hear anything, but I figured out a way to adjust it around 40 minutes, so it will also change. And with that, let's get into the show. And we're back, and we're still without a proper vocal intro, so we're still going with this, which is just sort of saying we're back. It's the Force Sensitive. This is episode six. We're almost out of the 80s, and we're going back in time, I guess, if we're doing it chronologically. It. Bobby. Yeah. This is, this is episode seven. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Did I say, did I do five twice? Did I say five twice? See, you got to keep tabs on me. I'm a mess. Uh (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) All right. So this is episode seven. Pardon me. This is um, Chris B. Awakens. And we have Chris B. (laughs) with us. Uh, You may know him from the TKO podcast. uh, Friend of the show, as I like to say. And um, he's, he's with us today. So how are you doing? I am doing good. And it's funny you say that we awaken because we are recording this at nine o'clock in the morning. Yes. Yes. My, so my schedule, uh, poor Gort, he, he rolls with it like a champ, but, um, Oh, he works third shift. So this is just like him. Yes. Yes. It is. It is nice that it has worked out that way. But like, he, like, when we started doing this, he was like, what's good for you. And I was like, Fridays from nine to 11. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and See, like, I, I own my own business, so I can be, I can schedule whatever I need. Oh, that's nice. But it's just like I'm not used to talking about nerd stuff until after at least noon. Oh, okay, <laughs> I got <gotcha. laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. So it, it sometimes he's like, can we push this one back to nine thirty? And I really got to like look at him. Like, nine thirty, maybe, but not nine forty-five. Um. So without any further ado, let's get started. What is your first memory of Star Wars? Uh, I'm going to try and do a thing, but it's okay. basically this. <laughs> that's actually, it's, that's pretty good. It's, it's not actually, I'm, I'm a little bad. I can do it like spot on, but like I said, it's a little early and my well, kids I are hope, upstairs. And I, don't I hope you practice because you're going to need that much later. Okay. <laughs> when we get there. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my first thing is just seeing that Tuscan Raider jump up and hold up the gaffy stick and... That's why, like, to this day, I guess we're going to talk about it later, but he's my favorite character. Really? Awesome. The, uh, the, the native Tatooiners, as I like to call them. Yep. <laughs> that sounds like distant relatives yeah, of mine. Uh, no, I found, I, no, I found out that the uh, sand people is no longer acceptable, his native Tatooiners. John Lundwais, Westsiders. <laughs> um, so, when was, when was it that you saw the movie? Uh, um. I am 45. I'll be 46 in a couple months, so okay. I'm probably one of the older, if not the oldest, guests you've had so far. Um, you are. So, you win. You win for losing. <laughs> yeah, I win at being old. Fantastic. Um, so I did go to the theater, but I barely remember it. Um, so my earliest really memory of it is playing with a little Jawa figure and sticking it inside a sugar baby's box. Wow, that's very, very specific. specific <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes. your so your memories more are more so centered around uh, your first, your early memories more so centered around the toys than they are the movies. Oh, absolutely. That's interesting. Absolutely. Did you have like what, what did you have as a kid? Everything except the uh, Adat mm-hmm. and most of the Power of the Force stuff. Everything else I had. Huh, that's pretty I awesome. Know why, 
I didn't have that. Okay. I was spoiled. I mean, my grandparents doted on me. Uh-huh. Uh, my parents to a lesser degree, but you know, Christmases were huge. We used to get big trash bags full of stuff. No, no kidding. Cool. And my grandmother would wrap the the stuff, and I would get shirt boxes. And you know, when you're a kid, you see a shirt box, you're like, "This ain't gonna be good." Right. Right. But yeah. She would that's the worst. Like four or five figures in a box and wrap them, and I would have like five boxes that had five figures in each. That's awesome. Did you have any favorites as a kid? Was there any any that you played with more than others? Not really, no. No, just celebrated the whole bit. You had the Falcon? Mm-hmm. Death Star? Uh, the place that, yeah. Nice. I had the Death Star, but it was a hand-me-down from a, uh, a cousin that was significantly older <laughs> than me. And he, um, and he, I think he was into drugs by the time that I inherited most of his stuff. And... Uh, it was missing like all of the struts. So my dad like replaced them with like popsicle sticks and like, but my, my dad is not the type to like shortchange something. So he would take the popsicle sticks and like take an engraver and like, uh, engrave the little slots. So they slid right down in the ridges and were actually pretty stable. Like he glued two of them together back to back. So it was a little thicker and fit right. And then he engraved the, the slot so that it fit right in the channels and then actually supported the thing fairly well. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I still have it. Uh, I, I had to. I had it on display for a while. I had to recently box it back up because I just ran out of a room. It was the barge that did me in, but whatever. How's the uh, How's the cardboard on it holding up? <laughs> the cardboard is long gone. I actually, I don't think I ever had it. <laughs> I don't think I ever had the cardboard because I just got like I didn't have the the cardboard. I didn't have any of the stuff that was in the uh, trash compactor, including because it came with a Dianoga, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. And I didn't have that. Was that. Be my question. Yeah, and like, uh, did it have like the string accessory to to jump across the ridge or the can? Uh, the I'm ca- sure it did. Yeah, it didn't have that. Like, it was missing a ton of stuff. It didn't have uh the gun that sat at the top. Like, it just had like the chair to sit in, and then you had to like, you put the emperor in the chair. But because it's like uh, it was like four poa, his feet just sat straight out like, <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> so I never put the emperor in the chair because he always looked like a fucking buffoon. Um. I'm trying to think about that it. It sounds like my uh, when I later on when I started going to conventions, I actually bought an AT-AT in similar condition, like no mm-hmm. side panel, like missing a foot, missing the guns, right. everything. You know, I had uh, I had the the AT-AT. I got it much later on at like a yard sale during the dark period, and uh, it had the side. It had the side piece, and it had the thing that sat on top, but everything else was missing. So like it looked complete. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But everything else was was MIA and <clears throat> I kept it forever I think it's still the one that I have properly but what what's a kind of a bummer to me about all of that is when some of that uh vintage collection stuff started coming out later um I just assumed it was they were using the power of the force tactics so I like didn't pick any of it up like I didn't pick up the new AT-AT I didn't pick up the new uh Falcon I didn't pick up any of that stuff because I was like, oh, man, I got one. And then, like, I saw it years later, and I was like, oh, this is not the same. This is not the same. <laughs> and now that, that Falcon goes for, like, six to $800. Good Lord. Yeah. So, heavy into the toys. Um, did you – were you, like, the kid that uh, – did you have any – let me ask you, because we haven't really got into any of this stuff. Did you have any of, like, like the role-play accessories? Mm, no. I didn't dress up or do it. And to this day, I still don't dress up. <laughs> I had – uh, Solo's blaster, and oh, I, yeah, I, I would consider that. But you know, that, I think that's the only thing I had. 
And I had Chewbacca's bandolier that you could put the figures in with the little styrofoam. Yeah. Or it was yeah, like, I remember that. Yep, I had that. You walk around with the figures? No, never, never, because it did, because it wasn't wasn't movie accurate, and actually, I, I was pissed at, because it didn't have the um like the the pouch like the purse part. Yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, my grandma actually had a purse that looked just like it, and she uh she sewed it into the plastic of the uh, of the bandolier. So I used to rock that pretty regularly. And wasn't that stuff like really really thin? Yeah, yeah. The 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 pieces that held the foam were extremely thin. Um, where you where you put the figure between the plastic and the foam, and then I ha- uh, I didn't have it, but I always wanted it. Um, this kid in my neighborhood had it, the uh, the stormtrooper blaster, because that thing looked badass with the uh, collapsible stock. Yep. Yeah, that's oh. cool. Yeah, that thing. Somebody was cool. had one of those at a booth at uh, ZoloCon. It was beat to shit. The stickers were all like, haggard. <laughs> right. They were asking like three hundred dollars. Oh for my it. I'm god. Like, that's insane. Yeah. I ended See, up. My mom wouldn't let me have guns when I was a kid, like little cat guns or any oh, really? that kind of stuff. So I was surprised I actually had Hans Blaster. Dude, it's so funny, man. I I think about that from time to time because like, um, like you can't even buy like realistic looking guns now in the store, you know, for kids' mm-hmm. toys. And but I remember as a kid, like we would go outside and play guns, and like you, I just imagine like what it must have felt felt like or looked like, like just see thirty kids running around the neighborhood with like pistols. You, know? you know what? None of us grew up and killed people. Yeah, well, most of us anyway. Oh well, yeah, most of us. I can't speak to everybody. Right, right, but yeah, I, I, I think it's crazy, man. Like, uh, it, it's such. It seems like it seems like a, a, a completely different country in that regard. Like, it, like yeah. I would, I think I would probably feel weird about it now. Like, if I just if I sent my kids outside to run around with a bunch of guns, like it just, it is, it is just. A, it's, I guess it's just a different time. So you had a lot of toys, um, and and that was your first memory. And then, when do you really remember the movie sinking in, or in which movie was it? Uh, Empire. Empire. I can remember sitting at um, the Kmart diner because the Kmart used to have little cafeteria kind of places that you could go. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd go there after church on Sunday, and I remember this particular Sunday was opening weekend. I conned my grandparents into taking me to see it after breakfast. I'm sitting there like, I'd really like to go see that movie. You know, it just came out. And, and they hooked you up. Right afterwards, like, yep, right right to it. That's what and grandparents are supposed theater. to do. There was a movie theater in the mall that the Kmart was in, so it was not a problem. Nice. Did, um, I'm getting this, this, I'm getting this, like, this image of your upbringing, right? Because you weren't allowed to have guns. You were going to church on Sunday. Did you grow up mm-hmm. in a pretty, like, rigid uh, square, for lack of a better term, household? I wouldn't call it square, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I was raised Catholic, Italian family. Right. On on both sides, mostly. Um, so that kind of thing was important um, to them, not me. Right. But, I, you know, I went to Catholic school. I was an older boy. I was a reader at church. I wow. offic- helped officiate funerals and weddings, all that stuff. Did, um, so you went to Mass, Oh yeah, yeah. See that. See that. that I always, I always have to, um, I always have to delineate that when I talk to people about their their upbringing. When they're like, I went to church. I'm like, you go to church, you go to mass because it's two very different <laughs> experiences. Yes, there is. <laughs> I went to mass. We went right. to every year, midnight, Christmas Eve mass. Right. Yeah, I went to mass too. <sighs> so stupid, man. I mean, I'm not trying to offend anybody's religion, but just like sitting there as a kid and like they're speaking in a language you don't understand. It's like, why? Why? why you know, why am I here? Um, I used to play games with my eyes, like to mess with my like vision, just uh-huh. 
keep my eyes open as long as I can. I'm sitting up on the altar. You know, the priest is doing his thing. And you got a side chair as an altar boy. Right. I'm looking at the red carpet on the altar and just letting my eyes phase in and out. You know, when start things start looking trippy. Right. You, when you don't blink long enough. Right. You know, you got to find ways to entertain yourself when you're a kid at church. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so, uh, so Empire is when it really sets in for you. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that fuels your, your love for the, and play with the figures even more. And yeah, then, God, yeah. and then you ran into it and then you ran to Jedi, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Well, in between Jedi and Empire was, uh, I got my first communion. Okay. So, you know, that ties in with the, what we're talking about. My parents took the $181 that I got and went shopping for Star Wars toys without me. I was pissed. Because, <laughs> like, they bought pretty much everything that I would have bought, but then they bought that rubber Yoda hand puppet. I'm a I'm puppet. looking at this thing, I'm like, why do I want this? I said, that's my parents. I'm like, seven years old. I'm like, I don't want this. But it just annoyed me that, you know, they took my money and did my selection choices for me put your tongue to mine the um mm. the 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 one thing i remember about like an, an ungrateful gift moment with my with my experience uh my dad one time he picked me up from baseball and i jumped in the car and in the back he said there's something for you in the back and i said cool and like i like grabbed this bag brought it to the front opened it up and it was like two like hundred piece disney puzzles and nice. i was like i was like what is this and he lit my ass up. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I remember feeling like this, like more guilt than I ever felt in mass. Um, you know, and I didn't, I didn't understand. I think about it, about it now because my dad didn't have a ton of money, but yeah, he like wanted to do something nice for me. And uh, you know, but yeah, I, I never he he could have bought me. You know, he could have bought me a pair of orange socks the next day. I'd have been like, finally, a nice pair of orange socks. Thank you so much. I know how hard you worked for it. <laughs> you know, like. Um, well, I mean, you're a kid. And yeah, you don't know. exactly. You just know what is, is cutting it for you. Yeah. And my dad did the same thing. Like when Nintendo was out, he stopped by the video store and picked me up Top Gun mm-hmm. for NES. Like just, to, he rented it to play. And I'm like, why, why is this here? Why are you giving this? I don't like flying games or any of that. But, you know. Your parents trying right. is not something that you realize until you're older or a parent yourself Correct. and you see it. And then when your child doesn't respond in a way that you're like, oh, this is, must be what dad or mom felt like. Exactly. And, and, and you don't you don't recognize the amount of effort it took to acquire that thing. Like yeah. when I look down, sometimes I see like my kid, my kid has like a, a video game and it's like laying all scratched up, like, like game side down on the, on the, mm-hmm. on the floor. And I'm like, that's two hours of work for me. Yep. You know, like so you, you quantify things like that. In, well, in, in, yeah. Thing. In my head, I like, I can't help but think I'm like, man, I've worked for two hours so that you could treat this thing like a piece of trash. It <laughs> drives me nuts. Um, yep. but yeah, so Let's let's keep it moving. The uh, so talk. I, I, this is a question I like to ask because I know that my like the kind of alluring elements of Star Wars for me have changed over time. Like the what I the enjoyment that I get out of it changes. For instance, when I was a kid, I would have loved uh, Maz's castle from Force Awakens, but now yeah. I'm like I can't get out of that place quick enough. You know, like I want. You know what I mean. Um, uh-huh. 
So because now it's just a bar, right? Well, that's what I'm saying is, is it's almost like it's it's almost like the cantina to me. Like, don't get me wrong, I still enjoy the cantina because it I, it comes from that place where I, I still remember those feelings as a child. But like, I kind of want to get out of there and get moving. Um, and and so when I was a kid, like all the monsters and creatures, like they appealed to me so much. But like as an adult, I like I just I if the whole movies were nothing about I mean were nothing but Jedi and Sith and Dark Side and Light Side, like that would be where I would sink my teeth in. What did you? What, what was the stuff that spoke to you most when you were a kid from those movies? I would say it was probably the adventure. Mm. Um, I. I appreciated and understood the the mysticism of Empire and Yoda's teachings and everything, but I think it, it just came down not necessarily the space battles, maybe the the armed combat, right? The hand to hand, the lightsaber battles, even though they were kind of weak. Right, 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 right. But you don't notice that when you're five and you have no nah, point of reference a, for anything else. You see a light laser sword and they're fighting each other. It's like awesome. But yeah, I can remember even like in you know Star Wars. Probably at an early age, I was like, you know, Ben was dispatched a little too easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that fan film that just came out. It's awesome. Oh my god, it's tremendous. I, I remember as a kid uh, being very confused about that scene. Like, I I could never tell. You know, now as a, as an adult, I get why I was confused. But um, mm-hmm. like I could never tell if Vader actually killed him. Or if he did a like, magic trick and disappeared. Or, you know what I mean? And then later on, yeah. they, they talked about him like he was dead. So I assumed he was dead. But, like, I remember not understanding that. Mm, like, people don't disappear when they die. Right. <laughs> I, and I'll never forget my dad. My, my dad loves Star Wars. But, like, uh, you know, he would never buy any memorabilia or anything like that. He just, mm, you know. Not he, of that generation. No, no. Yeah. And he, he just, he was, let's see, he was... 37 when the first one came out and 40 when empire came out and simultaneously 40 when i came out and he he loved that stuff but you know he kind of he saw the deeper elements to it and i think also he was since he was born in 1940 and then he lived through the 70s i think that the something the idea of something just being this optimistic you know uh feel good story struck a nerve with him you know after living through the clockwork orange era of cinema yeah Uh, 70s cinema was all dark and trying to give you a message yeah and watergate and all that kind of stuff like having lived through all that i think it offered him a a breath of fresh air that he enjoyed but i'll i'll never forget like when we would watch that movie together when uh vader would step on obi-wan's cloak like after he struck him down or after Obi-Wan disappeared and the cloak falls down and Vader would like step on the cloak, my dad would laugh hysterically at it. <laughs> like he it is ridiculous. It's like, obviously he's not there. <laughs> he, but he loved it. Like he thought it was such a, uh, you know, like a cool, <laughs> like a tough thing to do. And he, mm. he quoted Vader a lot to me as a kid. I remember uh, if I did good in school, you know, which was rare. But when it did happen, you know, he, yep, exactly. He would always hit that, you know, um, he would hit, I'm altering the deal. Uh, you know, he would hit, uh, perhaps you feel you're being treated unfairly. <laughs> you know, like, he would like, hit, Dad, stop using this shit against me. Please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, did that make you love or dislike Vader more? You know, <laughs> oh, no, like, it was actually, it was, it was, it was the best way to be reprimanded. 
Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. the, or, or get some okay. bad news yeah. because it was like, oh man, like this sucks that he's altering the deal, but it's awesome that he's talking about Star Wars. You know, it was like exactly. one of those one of those kind of things. Because trust me, I got plenty of them that weren't um, <laughs> that weren't Star Wars quotes. <laughs> uh, plenty, but uh, it was it was like this one thing that we shared that I, I do kind of value. What was how was your was your family into it at all? And I'm I'm trying to stay uh, for the basis of this conversation around the original trilogy a little bit longer because mm. I know this this means more to you. Did, was your was your family fans at all? Did you watch them with your family at all? Not really. I mean, my mom is a pseudo fan. My mom was only 18 when she had me, so she's a lot younger. Mm-hmm. So, you know, dude, your mom was living think, her best life out there, wasn't she? God bless. I don't. I don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder if if I hadn't happened, if they would have happened. That, that's why. That's, that's why she started. That's why she started going to church, started trying to get her life together. <laughs> I need to repay for all my sins. <laughs> um. No, I'm sorry. What was the question? Oh, just just you know, was your family involved with it all? Did they watch oh, no, it with no. you? No, not at all. Gotcha. I mean, my aunt liked you know some characters, but just because they were cute and you know that's what chicks do. Right, they right, right. Cue in on the the neat things that everybody likes. Yeah. Um, but my mom wasn't really into it. My dad was definitely not because he was he was eight years older than my mom too. Do you? Still is. So, how old were you when you saw Return of the Jedi? Uh, I saw it in the theater twice. My um, my parents were actually gone through a, a separation at that point, so I saw it with, once with both parents. Score. Yep, and you know how it is. You know, divorced <laughs> kids will tell you that that it sucks, but it works out for you every once in a while. You know, every once in a while you get extra toys or extra this or whatever. Duh. But yeah, um, I saw Jedi in a the theater and I uh, liked it. To a point. Well, so that, that's what I that's what I wanted to get to. So let me let me get. How old were you? I uh, would have been. I was eighty three, so I hadn't turned ten yet. So nine. Okay, so you're still you're still a kid. You know what I mean? It's not like because sometimes I think about that. Like you know, when my dad was forty three, you know the 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 little bears probably sat a bit different with him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Than they did with me. Mm-hmm. Um. But so. What was your mixed feelings in regard to Return of the Jedi? Talk to me about that a bit. First, it was the Bears. Right. Uh, you know, even at nine, you know, I'm still a nine-year-old boy. Right. So it's like teddy bears. Right. But I see, you know, how it worked, and it makes sense. Um, but really, I think, and this may be something that nobody else noticed, I just noticed how 1983 that entire production seemed. Like mm. the hairstyles of the people, everything mm-hmm. like this is a, a, this is definitely capturing this period of time, even right. though it's supposed to be a completely different time, completely different universe. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, there is this like, cause like, so I'm the type of person that can completely separate, you know, real world or politics with film. Mm-hmm. Uh, with one exception, I can't get past the Scientology bit with Tom Cruise for whatever reason. Like that's all I see is Scientology whenever I see him. But mm-hmm. everything else I can separate. Mel Gibson's nonsense easily separated. Kanye West nonsense easily separated. Star Wars that's a lot of nonsense. It's a lot of nonsense. That guy said he was Walt Disney. Um, in general, you don't care as long as they're producing as something long, that you it, like. Exactly. And, and and to be fair, I kind of like my artists a little crazy. Yeah, you know. That's- 
that's where some of this brilliance comes from. Exactly. So uh, the reason why I bring that up is because there's this obvious. Uh, if you, if you look if you look at beyond the surface, there's this obvious political parallel in the original Star Wars films with Vietnam and the idea of great um, technology and financial power being overthrown at, ultimately at the end by little bears with sticks. Mm-hmm. And while I didn't make any of those comparisons when I was a kid, I still recognized as a kid that like it was it was the emperor quote that used to always throw me for a loop. It was the an entire legion of my best troops. And I was like, these are the best of the this this is the A class team that you sent? Your A class got taken down by bears. <laughs> With sticks and rocks. <laughs> um and and that is the part that even as a kid, like it, it wasn't something that that prevented me from enjoying it, but it was always something that like at the end of the day, I was like, man, that's that's a little strange, and then that they were able to be beaten by these little bears. And I mean, I, I'm I'm probably five or six when I first saw it, which was three years after it had come out in the in the theater. But that part, even even you know, I wasn't as mixed bag as you were, but there was always something that seemed a little strange to me about it all as a kid. So you did. You did probably you probably don't remember, but hopefully you got to enjoy the return of the Jedi chocolate cookies from Pepperidge Farm. I don't think I did. They were delicious. <laughs> <laughs> did, do you still? You know, I I do think about these little like merchandisable things that like were used to to promote stuff. Like every now and like the, the Batman cereal, the eighty nine Batman cereal. It was just Captain oh. Crunch in the shape of bats. But like in, in in my head, it was better than Captain Crunch ever was. Oh God, yeah, because it, it was on the box. It was Batman. <laughs> yeah. Ninja Turtle pies, dude. Do you, every, I, every I, they had marshmallows, that, right? The Ninja Turtle cereal. <laughs> There's Ninja Turtle cereal. There was the um, the little like pizza shaped uh, cheese doodle things. Oh God! And it was all better than the rest of the. <laughs> sure. <laughs> do you remember Gremlin cereal? No. Oh no. God, that was horrible. They had a. Pe- you I don't get know more if cereal was... if you get it wet. <laughs> yes, it, it multiplies and pops out of the bowl. <laughs> But I think it had like a peanut butter flavor to it, if I remember correctly, or they had a variety that had it, mm. and it was hard, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah, I put it in a blender first. <clears throat> um, smoothie. So, uh, so let me ask you. So, the, so the bears didn't sit right with you, which I understand. Um, mm-hmm. You're three years older than me, and there was something that I was questioning about it too. Um, what what about the emperor? How did that strike you as a nine year old kid? It was like, okay, well, we finally see him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, and I did take notice that he looked different from the original theatrical release of the hologram and mm-hmm. Empire to this. I mean, it was a significant difference in the Absolutely. Face. Absolutely. And I believe that was Clive Rebel who did the, uh, the portrayal I'll, in the second movie. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Yeah. I get a little nerdy with that shit, like Gort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. But can you do you know the name of the Wolfman in the Cantina? Because I bet you Gort does. Lack Sivrek. Oh my that, god, that's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason I know that is because there was a figure, right? And that's how he had his name, right? Do you know the other one? No, I didn't even know there was another one in there. And did I pronounce it right? Oh, yeah. Uh, no. I, I mean, I I think so. Gort. That one seems pretty clear cut. You have failed me for the last time. <laughs> um. So let, let, let me say this. Uh, 
one of the things I'm curious about is when I I can make comparisons, obviously, with Snoke and the Emperor, right? And did you feel at all like you didn't like you like the, this Emperor wasn't fulfilling because you didn't know his backstories, you didn't know the the prequel story, obviously, and he just came in, said some cool stuff, and then was sort of dispatched. No. Um, number one, I was younger, so that right. didn't enter in. Plus, in relation to Snoke, and we'll probably get into that later, but the Emperor, from the start, was the first time you heard his name mentioned, he was already in control and a badass. Right. He's t- telling, you know, he's dissolving the government. That's huge. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to know what his backstory is yet, but in relation to Snoke, he comes in, yeah, he's already, you know, wrested some control of the universe and is, you know, trying to destroy the New Republic. But he is dispatched by the halfway point of the second movie. Did you, did, was that on purpose? What? <laughs> At the halfway point? Halfway? Oh, no, sorry. No, that was not on purpose, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I try to keep my punning to a minimum. <laughs> Don't let it, please let it run wild. <laughs> um, okay, because it is something I'm, I'm curious about, I, and, and I'll be honest with you. Like I know he's mentioned, you know, at the table in in the first one, the Emperor, but I had no, you know, I'm, I'm watching this as a five year old kid. I didn't, I didn't know what the, f- the fuck they were talking about. You know, I'm just like, oh, okay. I'm like, and, and honestly, I'm like, can we please get past this? He's talking like, about the regional governors, right? Well, yeah, well, explain that to my five year old mind. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, 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 you're talking to me about regional governors. I'm eating a crayon. <laughs> what color was it? <laughs> blue, gray, or gray, blue. One of the two. <laughs> um, so, like, you know, and, and then, like, when he popped up in the in, in Empire, I remember being confused, too. Like, why is Vader bowing to this guy? Get this get this old woman out of here. <laughs> how, how this how the Emperor looked to me. Like an old woman. Old angry woman. She looked like the uh, the witch, the old witch in um, uh, the, the Seven Doors, Snow White. Yeah, and big craters on the eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like she didn't get like she she cried and didn't get any sleep simultaneously all yeah. night long. And now she's popping up to tell Vader what to do. I was like, get this old lady out of here and tell Vader to get back to being a badass, please. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I think by you know by Jedi, you know, we'd never seen anybody shoot lightning out of their damn hands. That's a fact. So. It's like we see him do that, like, okay, yeah, he's big, bad, he's good. Yeah, yeah, and and, and his dialogue was incredible. You, you know, oh, yeah. like, he's, he's, mm, Plus, he might be the most quoted. understand the reverence he was given. Yeah. You know, you see the people, you know, marching around him and, you know, the space given and the fear that people, you understand that from just your parental relationships mm. and figures of authority even at a young age. And I, and I think also at a young age, you don't care as much. You know, as, as long as they do some cool stuff, that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so moving into the, the dark era, unless you, unless there's a, unless you want to comment on Caravan of Courage at all, because I know that's something. Uh, no, okay, all right, but the, sure. the thing that happens between Jedi and the dark era is, number one, Transformers comes out. Okay. So that instantly, since there was no more movies coming other than Ewok things on ABC, right? Um, there was Transformers, and that was a game changer, mm-hmm. I think, for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I had the, you know how like certain stores like Sears and Jay Z Penny would get certain things that were licensed just to them. Right. I had a R two D two toy box. It was basically press board and a plastic lid, and I had all my Star Wars stuff in that toy box. It was huge, probably like a a twenty some gallon uh, trash can. I took all that stuff, put it out on the curb. My parents didn't even stop me. Wow. Yeah. How old were you when you did that? Like ten or eleven. Jeez. I'm. I can very easily cut things off. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but you know, uh, that's the first instant I, instance I can remember me doing that in my life. But I can't believe that my parents didn't even look at that and were, weren't pissed, didn't say a thing to me, like about all that money that they spent. Right. Just out on the curb. That's funny that you even had this kind of you know out with the old in with the new you know, kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know where it came from. See, I, my experience is different because it was all at the same time for me. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I didn't transition from Transformers or from Star Wars to Transformers. I was seeing them both around the same time. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. everything, like, He-Man, G.I. Joe, like, it, it was all this simultaneous onslaught of commercialism, you know, I guess, ultimately. Yeah, and... and- Really, I mean, I guess I was like the petri dish generation for that stuff, mm-hmm. and like you know, things hit or miss. Like I couldn't care less about Masters of the Universe or GI Joe. Right. I was I, I'm like a serial monogamist in my collections. Like even today, I don't collect anything but Transformers. Right. Serial monogamist. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I you know it's funny because like I didn't. I didn't play much with Transformers as a kid. I loved Transformers. Like, you know, I, I had, you know, all the, I had the toys and then I had the, the radio and the big wheel and, you know, the whole bit. But I didn't play a whole lot with them because they weren't fun to play with for me. Like, mm-hmm. I would go through the transformations of them and then I would just sort of sit them around one another and let it ride. See, and, I love that. I love the transforming when I was a kid. I can remember that specifically. Now, like I pray for them to come in robot mode in a box. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, 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 also now they have more of an action figure element. Mm-hmm. You know where where the originals didn't. The originals, like if if you got a leg to move, it felt like you had the Rolls Royce of a transformer. Yeah, without breaking. Yeah. Um. You know, you were pretty much guaranteed the arms. Like, yep. <laughs> but th- that was really it, and. It used to drive me nuts. Where, whereas you know the the Star Wars and the GI Joe and and the 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 He Man. My my problem with He Man was I could never get any of them to stand for more than five seconds before they started failing. But the Star Wars and the GI Joe for me were were a lot more time consuming play wise because they had that action figure element. Mm-hmm. Um, except in the problem, and I think the reason why Star Wars stood out to me was because like the articulation sucked. But I can make them kick, I can make them punch, and I can make them turn their heads, and I could stand them up. Whereas the G.I. Joe, I love the action figure element, but if I wasn't playing with them, I just laid them down. I didn't even try. I was like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, especially if you, if you had one that was well played out. I'll never forget, I had the Cobra Trooper, like the black mask, blue suit, blue helmet, looked like Cobra Commander. <laughs> you know what I mean? That guy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he, there was not one joint on his body that would hold position. It was like a rag doll. It was like those, um, those little wooden people that people use for reference when they're drawing. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what it was like. 
or one of them things like that sits on a little base and you push a button and it moves around. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. Um, you know, I had a storm shadow. See, that was would, pretty much the same way. Since I didn't get into GI Joe, I didn't get to experience the, I guess, elation from going from four to five points of articulation to what, like eight. Yeah. On a GI Joe figure. It was head, shoulder, elbow, uh, waist, thigh, mm-hmm. knee. So six, I guess. Well, if you you know, and then two elbows, two shoulders, but well, I mean, mm-hmm. like the arms, like yeah, like your equivalent of like your bicep swivels and things too. Did yeah. you? I can't even remember. Yeah, and just, but, just know, the way Star that they were attached, like, like here. you could twist and turn. Oh, okay. Hold up okay. Vader's arm, and you got the lightsaber. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I know we can all picture it in our head right now. Oh yeah. And I hated, I hated the fact, like I, I always took the lightsabers, just com- like the blade part, just completely out, because I hated the fact that they, they looked the way they did, and I was yep. like, Ugh, I'll just imagine the blade when I turn it on. Always hanging out too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all, all the way in. I'm like he's just walking around with the stormtroopers lightsaber out for no reason, like an idiot. Um, and why did they have telescoping ends? Yeah, that was strange. That was strange. So, okay, so let's enter into the dark times. So, so you're you're getting into Transformers now. You're a serial monogamist. You threw all your Star Wars stuff out. Mom and Dad didn't care. And, you, I mean, I, I, you're still collecting Transformers to this day. Was there ever a hiccup in that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I turned teenager, and, you know, as most of us do, that stuff goes away. Mm-hmm. And we're interested in chasing something else. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so... I got, um, there was no collecting in between the ages, I would say, of like 14. I, I probably collected up and played with the stuff until I was 13, well past the other kids in my age group. So I was always kind of like the, the nerd, right. whatever, of the class. Uh, and it was a small class. It was only 18 kids. So you get that stigma. It's hard to shake. Yeah. Did, um, did you get into Turtles at all? I asked because you would have been a little bit older. And it might not. Have... No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. My uh, my youngest brother, he got into it. <laughs> At the time, Burger King had a promotion for video cassettes, like of the yeah. cartoon show. Like you go there and you pay a dollar and order a sandwich and you get a video. I watched my little brother. He's 13 years younger than me. And when he was a little toddler, all he wanted to do was watch the same two episodes of the Turtles. The first over two. And over and over. <laughs> it was. um. The Great Baldini. I can't remember what the other one was. <laughs> they, they were all episodes. Just, they were random later episodes. In the show. Yeah. They yeah. just took them out and said, hey, let's just put this one on a video cassette and give it in a Happy Meal. Hmm. But that and a Little Mermaid. <laughs> and they had the, some of the worst, like, Happy Meal toys, too. Yeah. Or, yeah. or Kids Club toys, whatever it would have been, you know, Burger King. But I, I had, it, it was like a green turtle shell. And I remember you would slide it apart, and then it was the four turtles inside, like as if it was like a picture frame you're looking at. And <laughs> I oh. used to love that thing, but I remember looking at it later. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> what, is, what do you do with this? <laughs> um, so did, did you get into the video games at all? Like, What did you do Star Wars-wise yeah. from 83 to 99? Uh, so 83... To I'd say mm, ninety four, I did basically nothing Star Wars other than play the uh, NES games, the SNES, you know things like that. Right. Um, and yep. I'd never been to a convention or any of that, but that comes a little later. So from ninety was it four? 
I think when Just Toys Bendoms came out. I saw those in Toys R Us, and it was the first Star Wars stuff I'd seen on the shelves in years. Right. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pick up a couple of these, and that snowballed into uh, an entire room in an apartment being a Star Wars collection. So you got where back did, into it. Where did you yeah. say you saw them? At uh, Toys R Us. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think it was like the multi-pack, like the four or five. And this is the period of Power of the Force 2 and all the card variants, the figure variants. Right. That mean nothing now that were everything then. Right, 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 right. Uh, just hunting down the half-circle Boba Fett hand, the <laughs> TIE fighter with the two zeros after the serial number, all that stuff. Wow. <laughs> How did you know about all that stuff in, in like a pre-internet era? Uh, actually, it was just the beginning of the internet era. Yeah, and you were all like, you were on it. Me. Yep, dude, I didn't I get an email till I was like twenty. Like, well, <laughs> I, was I mean, like, I was like, I I'm not doing that. House, I went to a friend's house, and he showed me how you could get pornography on. The oh, computer. I got you. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't my sole thing, but then you know. The first web page I went to, I, st I searched out a uh, Star Wars thing. And my first AOL screen name was, uh, I think, either Jawas 4 or Tuscan. Huh. One or the other. Um, but, yeah, I was on AOL way, way back. Dial-up, you know, 14.4 yeah. modems. Even just the dawn of the Internet there, you have magazines. And that's how I found out that they yeah. were even relaunching the toy line. Mm -hmm. Um through the Star Wars Insider was the first yep. time I'd seen it. It was funny. Last show, you had Josh on. He was talking about Bantha Tracks. I was like, yeah! <laughs> you know, I got my patch. I got the... Actually, during a period, they sold in the stores, like, 8x10 glossies. You would buy blind packs. Like, you would buy trading cards. And I got a bunch of those on my wall. You know, all that stuff. Oh, that was bringing back some memories. Hmm. Did, um... Did you... So, so you collected this line... Did you collect mm -hmm. it up until the prequels? Like, did you collect it up until 99? Or do you remember a stopping yes. point for it? Well, um, I'd gotten married after my first semester in college and subsequently dropped out. But I didn't want to go to college anyway. That's not a sob story. Right. Uh, the sob story really is the wedding. <laughs> um, so I married my high school girlfriend, and we were together for a while. And it ended badly, but my entire relationship with her coincided with the star wars stuff and as things went bad in our relationship that became a source of a problem so it also heaped on some feelings of resentment toward the stuff for me hmm. because we got separated and i had to move i had to box up all that crap and it was like 25 18 to 20 gallon rubbermaid totes full of stuff right and when i tell you that i moved that collection to six different places i'm not lying Wow. I just recently finally got rid of it all. And I'm talking about like ten dollars to $15,000 worth of merchandise that I paid, you know, full retail back in the day. I sold it for 800 bucks. I just Yikes. wanted it gone. Was it all still on card and everything? I get the impression it was. All the POTF2 stuff was. Yeah. Everything. All the figures, all, you know, anything that was a tie-in. Like, I bought, like, markers i bought cake pans anything that was star wars <laughs> right, right, right i had it that's crazy yeah so 99 comes and uh -huh. you see the trailer for the phantom menace yeah what is your reaction 
I think I saw the first time on 60 Minutes, if I remember correctly. Wasn't that where it dropped? I, d- I don't recall. I saw it at Waterboy. <laughs> See, that, okay. that sounds right, but I don't remember which trailer that was. It was. I think it was with. Was it Meet Joe Black? Was the uh, the movie? It was. That's the, the movie trailer? that I remember. Uh, the yeah. trailer being with, and people left that movie as soon as the trailer happened. Oh yeah, it was a terrible movie too. So, but going back to the question, you know, I'm sitting there and tuning in. This is when you had to tune in for things. Right. 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 Yeah. So 60 minutes comes on. I'm sitting there waiting for it, and I watch it, and I'm like. Ooh, this is pretty cool. I mean, you know, they they made it out to be epic. epic. Exactly, epic. And what we got was okay, but not what I wanted. But obviously, I'm looking at it as an adult now. Right. So, how old are you in '99? '99, uh, I would have been 26. 20, okay. No, 25 when it came out. So yeah. So you see it. I'm a, I'm a late birthday, so every time I have to read Yeah, no, I am too. I am too. Um, so you see it, and what is your reaction walking out? Uh, I w- went and saw it with my best friend and my mom, actually. My mom just wanted to see it because it was a new thing, and she wanted to see it opening day. Right. Um, but I went and bought tickets on my work break and you know met up with them afterwards and walked in and watched it. And like a couple of things, like you know, Jar Jar, obviously that was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and just some of the hand-fisted humor that they tried to push into that, and it mm-hmm. still goes on to this day. I don't like that. I realize I don't, I don't that the like original movies were funny; they had funny parts, but I don't think they went out of their way to try and make it funny. I agree. I think there is a whole conversation that's worth having about. Star Wars humor done right and Star Wars humor done wrong. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if, if, if you want to see done wrong, all you got to do is pull up the scene of C-3PO in the Geonosis laboratory or the correct. assembly line. Correct. Even oh, though w- one liner after one liner. It's yes. like, come on, man. And then the, you oh, know, this is such a drag. You know, it's such a drag. <laughs> uh, uh, what is it? What does he say? Like, what does he say? There's another like super pun one when like his, 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 yeah, I think it had something to do with his head. Yeah, was right yeah, beside was, himself. Yeah, or, I'm beside myself. Yeah. Yep, that was. Uh. But 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 you know but you know what I but you know what I do like from that scene like um two lines from him I love machines making machines how perverse I love oh. that and I love it's a nightmare like, just, like uh. it's like something like my buddies and I say all the time like anytime but when he's like, holding on to that thing yes. with his little baby droid fingers I. That's one of the things that really takes me out of the movie. I'm like, he can't do that. That's, it's, that he whole, can barely hold the comm link in the first movie. That whole yeah, sequence plays like a video game. <laughs> it looks like a video yep. game. Yeah. And it, the, the CGI is not great. Like, an R2, you know, using his thrusters and blasting up and everything. Like, all that just looks so fake. Yeah, but, like, even the parts with, like, Padme and Anakin, like, jumping between the things that are oh. crushing, you know what I mean? Like, like, and then you roll underneath, you wait, oh, yeah. it's, it's just like a video game. It's uh, like, oh, we're going to do this now? And, and I actually, I had that feeling in Rogue One, too, slightly, when she, when Jen is trying to get up through the ceiling, and that door mm-hmm. keeps closing, that feels very much like a video game to me, also. But but let's, mm-hmm. not, get, let's not get too far ahead, so, um, but let me ask you a question, real quick. The BB-8... With the um, the lighter for the thumbs up, does that feel like Star Wars humor to you? Done right? Mm, that's marginal. See, that one feels right to me, and I, I can't, I can't like put my finger on 
like the recipe for right and wrong. But I like, think if they would have stopped short of the flame, if they just like extended extended a a thing out of them just to give the thumbs up, I think that would be good hmm. for me. Okay. All right. So let's continue. So we, we we're not crazy about Jar Jar, and we're not crazy about uh, the kind of ham fisted um, humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else are your thoughts and kind of reactions? Seeing this as a 26-year-old, 25-year-old man, you know, well after, you know, your your kind of hardcore love affair with Star Wars has gone through some ups and downs. And mm-hmm. this has got to be, because I was 18, and I loved it, you know. And most people I knew loved it. You know, it wasn't until much later that I started hearing that people hated it. And now I kind of have a much more clear vision of it. But tell me more about how you felt about, you know, because there's a lot of differences, right? There's all the politics stuff and obviously the lightsaber duels are different and all that kind of stuff. So just talk about it for a bit. Yeah, um, this is obviously it's setting the, the tone. So you have to the exposition has to be a little dry or a little slow. So this movie overall was slower paced, I think, in, in my viewing of it than others. And I did appreciate the political drama by this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, as you age, obviously, more different things become more important to you or things become less important to you. And, you know, for me, a fair bit of cynicism had built up. So I'm walking into this and seeing things excited that it's the first Star Wars for years um, other than the special editions. But... You know, just seeing that it was it was an awesome experience. So I wasn't disappointed. It's just I there was a couple takeaways from it that I just didn't care for. And really, a, a small minor thing in the very beginning when the um, I, was it Newt Gunray? Is that his name? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't I don't know their species. Whatever they are, Nemodian, yeah, Trade Federation people. Yep. Um, when they said send the droid decos, I'm like. What the hell is a droid deca? I I couldn't understand what the word was. You ever hear somebody say a word and you're like, "What is that word?" Right, right, right. <laughs> so it took me out for like a good two minutes because my brain's trying to figure out what he said. But then you know, obviously, you see what it is. I'm like, okay. There's and, a you funny know, thing about that too because they call it droid deca. It's droid deca deca. You know, they can't pronounce things. Maybe it'll end up in a game one day. But uh-huh. immediately. Uh, Obi-Wan sees it. Destroyers. It, yep, and calls it a destroyer. That was what the confusing and, thing for me. And and that's a problem with Star Wars in general, where they have multiple names for things, and you can't always be sure. You have Tusken Raiders, and you have Sand People. And Native Tattoo. That's you real know, life, though. What's the proper name? It's real life. Native but, Tattoo. You know, there's truth to that. But but at the same time, like this is this is a fantasy land where you know we're removed from it. We don't know anything about it. So when you know nothing, you you, you really know nothing. Exactly. So it would be nice to just know something. And, and you know what? <laughs> I, I, I don't need to know everything about Star Wars, you know, when I'm, I'm watching a movie, but I want to know what something is. I, I don't want to know if five they names. Just left that in there thinking that no one would give a shit. You know, but then there's people like me that sees it like, what? What is that? <laughs> well, you know, you have George Lucas calling them the Goongas. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Goongas. That, well, that's the thing is that, like, like George Lucas creatively is. Like he's a genius, but if his genius with no kind, like so, I imagine George Lucas's mind like a bowling alley, and, <laughs> and his genius needs the bumpers. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's his average? 
That's the thing. Like, if George Lucas goes unchecked, if if there if there's no Mrs. Lucas to be a bumper or no Lawrence Kasdan to be a bumper, and all you have is Rick McCollum sucking at the teat, <clears throat> like what you get is episode one and episode two. And you know, it left completely unchecked. You're probably going to end up with the George R. Binks holiday special. It's a shame that Katie Lucas wasn't a little older to be writing some of the material for the prequels because she's a genius. Right, right, right. Self-proclaimed, I hear. Um, you know, there's uh, but there's something to that. It's like, you know, it's like it's like it's like watching a maniac. Like just, you know, somebody let the straitjacket off of him. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's what you get as a result. And, and, you know, we're expected and conditioned, I guess, to to see success as like an instant thing. You don't see all the failures. Correct. That you know, most people do. So like not everything that everybody gonna, is going to do is going to be great. Right. Um, so what did you think about uh, did so let me ask you about some of the the more endearing characters that have kind of come out of that movie. Ben Quadaneros, for instance. No, <laughs> that's just <laughs> Ben Quadaneros. <laughs> um, uh, Padme. Padme. Um, <clears throat> in that movie, she was just fine, you know, because mm-hmm. she was young and whatever. But by Attack of the Clones, I, you know, on Naboo, I was damn in love with her. Right. Um, so Padme was fine. She, if you think about how old that, that young lady was during that role, she really, when she's in her like full blown queen mode, Uh she, she does command a presence. And I just watched it, that movie recently and I was like, man, she still seems like somebody you should be following her orders. Like when she talks. Uh Uh, It's amazing that 13 year old or 14 year old, whatever she was supposed to be at that age. Right in the movie, you know, is, is a ruler, but you know, that's what they do in their culture. Right. And, and I believed it, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I bought it. Um, what about, uh, another, so we have Ben Quadenaris, Padme, uh, CO Bibble. I'm kidding. The, um, Darth Maul. Darth Maul. I was extremely disappointed in. Yeah. Now I know he returns in later portions of the, uh, the universe, but if we are just left to examine the movies, in a vacuum, Darth Maul was a huge disappointment. I agree, and like like uh, Gordon and I say, and, and and Gordon and I both like the Clone Wars and the EU stuff and all that kind of stuff. But at some level, if it's not in the movie, it doesn't count. Yep, um, it simply does not exist. Yep. So talk about talk about your disappointment regarding him, and I'll t- and I'll, I'm going to uh, share a story as well. Okay, there's twofold disappointment. One, I think the uh, the scene when Qui Gon and Anakin are running back to the ship, and Darth Maul just comes out of nowhere, just seems like out of nowhere. It just seems like right. a bullet that's shot into the movie. It it doesn't feel like it flows correctly. There should have been like an extra thirty seconds leading up to them walking through, or whatever. Then they see something, and then they start running. Now he was just waiting on the other side of that door. What what was he doing? Oh, you, before they you, got there. Oh, you mean in the, uh, at the end? Yeah. <laughs> so you're just waiting for that grand moment. <laughs> he was like, oh, he was like, he's, he's just like, standing around whistling. He's like, are they coming? But, are they coming? I mean, oh, here they come, here they come, here they come. Oh, I'm going to, let me, oh, and, then, and then, like, right before they're getting close, he's like, fuck, I forgot to put the hood on. He's like, scrambling to get the hood up, like, to make it look perfect. <laughs> he gets stuck pulling, on his horns, <laughs> pulling some nits off the horns, you know, yeah. 
grooming him down the bottom. You know, just like, are they getting here? Looking at his watch that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, the lightsaber battle was you know awesome, especially the dual lightsaber. I mean, number one, that's the first time we ever see that. You know, yes, other than for sure. like if it happened in fiction or something. Yeah, I don't remember right. it happening in fiction up until that point. No, it may have done so with like the, the ancient Jedi stuff, those comic books. There may be a situation where that happened, but I can't remember. But yeah, on the screen, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And you know, just seeing how easily he died, though. See, I, but that's that's hubris. That's the theme of the entire thing. You know, his Darth Maul like is such like a brilliant character design, and mm-hmm. like I, I was obsessed with him even before seeing the movie and seeing the blade ignite from both sides in the trailer had an immediate impact on me. Mm-hmm. And and um, you know, I've told the story a thousand times, but I remember going back to my buddy's house. Like my wife and I left. Uh, Waterboy and like went straight to my buddy's house and we're like telling him about and we're, like we're telling him about the trailer and I was like I was like there's this dude he looks like the devil and he has a, a lightsaber it comes out of both sides like I was just you know I didn't even know what I was talking about I just knew it looked awesome and um I remember there was a trailer there was like a TV spot that came out and it had like him voicing dialogue over top of it Gord do you remember that the tone poem. Yes, and it was like it was like fear. Fear attracts the fearful, the strong, the weak, the innocent. Fear is my ally, and like I thought that was so hard. And then w- when I was watching the movie, and they start talking about you know fear is a path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger. I was like I was like oh my god, I see what they're setting up here. They're really gonna show how one walks and you know ends up on this path and in the kind mm-hmm. of phases and everything. And I kept waiting for Maul to say it in the movie, and he never said it. Yeah. And then when he cut, when he was cut in half, Laura was like, "Like you know, like what?" And and I was like, "No, I was like, he can't be dead because he hasn't said that part yet." Like I was telling myself that, you Mm -hmm. know, like even realize that there's editing. (laughs) (laughs) When when his two parts went down the chute, I was like, I was like, "Oh, he'll be back in a second because he's got to say this line. This movie without this line is not the movie I signed up for." Mm-hmm. And it messed with me. Like, even though I liked the movie, like, knowing that that character was gone, like, it, you ever have, I, I, I know this is an extreme stretch, but it is real to some extent, but you ever have, like, a, a loved one pass, and you go through, like, the kind of initial grieving of just the sadness of it, and then you get to this place at some point where you're like, holy shit, you know, they'll never, I'll never have their breakfast again, or... Mm-hmm. You know, I will never sit out on this bench again or whatever the case may be. Like this specific memory that that was kind of a ritual for you and this other person and the, and the idea that that will never happen again, like the finality of it. That oh, yeah. that sat in with me for Maul's death at a certain point. I was like, holy shit, that's it. It's over. And I, I wrestled with it. Like it was a bummer for me. <laughs> um, well, you're consolation prize is uh you get dracula as the next uh, sith lord <laughs> <laughs> or, or as or as i like to call him sodomon um sodomon. I, I, can, no. I, can i make a i like scaramanga <laughs> man, the man with the golden gun nicely done nicely done uh, that's weird i want to make a blanket statement that goes all over the entire trilogy i guess with much less the first three um well four five and six the use of known actors bothered me. Ooh, that's an interesting point. Like, especially um, 
Laura Dern. She's a fantastic actress, but just seeing her in that long neck looking damn dress and just out of nowhere, her, Jimmy Smits, um, yeah, who yeah. else? It's like, come on, I mean, man. you know, like, Jimmy, Natalie, I, I, I was well aware of Natalie Portman only because I'd seen The Professional like a thousand times. Um, but even like that was still an early thing. For correct. Her. Like Laura Dern, and Jimmy Smits are established. Like Jimmy Smits was known in the business as the guy you get to add on to your series or movie when it's in its fifth season and failing. Right, 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 right. Um, but all the movies kind of had that, like some big name actor. And maybe I'm not thinking of anybody for Return of the Jedi, but, um, you know, that was the purpose of uh, Peter Cushing and, um, you know, Obi-Wan in mm-hmm. the original movie. Yeah. Like have something of a draw for the common person. But it's one of those things like, you know, the political overtones that you just don't realize until you're older and then maybe it bothers you, maybe it doesn't. It did me. The yeah. one that never took me out of it was probably Sam Jackson. And I mean, oh, God, no. But he's like a chameleon. I, as much as I feel like Sam Jackson is a character all himself. Absolutely. Mace Windu just felt right. And the Didn't moment feel you, weird. The, as long as you create the right space for him to be in, he always fits. Yeah. Like, yep. you know, him as Kiati Mundi doesn't work. Do you know what I mean? But like. Like him him with a conan, (laughs) him him in a place where he puts a lightsaber to somebody's throat and says, "This party's over." I'm like, "Yep, (laughs) sign me up for a bit of that." Mm -hmm. Um, See, I mean, I'm destroying my argument. The more we talk about this, because I mean, there's no bigger than Sam Jackson in these things lately. Um, But just certain actors, like you said earlier in the show, you can divorce them from whatever it is and just enjoy them in the what you're seeing them in, right? But certain other ones, like you know, unfortunately, Laura Dern and Jimmy Smith, I wasn't having it. It's so so to me, like uh, Jimmy Smith was a little was a little kind of like like jarring for me. <laughs> L- Laura Dern, in and of itself, doesn't really because I I know she's a big actress and I know she's an amazing actress. I just watched her in uh, Big Little Lies. I'm not sure if you've seen that, mm-hmm. but it's incredible and her performance is like it, it's insane. But um, first or second season, I haven't watched it. My wife was watching it. Yeah, uh, I, I just finished the second season recently, but okay. she's incredible. She's incredible in that movie. But I only, I mean, at the time when I saw Last Jedi, I'd only seen her in Jurassic Park. So, mm-hmm. like, it's kind of the same thing with Natalie Portman, where it's like, I like, I know she's a thing, but I only really had this connection to her in this one particular thing, and it's easily, mm-hmm. like, overlooked. But I do know what you mean, and I do think that it works better uh, with unknowns, I mean, not not for nothing. I mean, I know Christian Bale was kind of known at the time of Batman Begins, but like, I think he wasn't known well enough. Where he's more, he's probably my favorite Batman on screen because I knew I could, like, I, I still saw Michael Keaton as eighty nine Batman, and I still saw Ben Affleck as you know Snyderverse Batman. Mm-hmm. And I, I did, um, I did find Christian Bale easier to kind of sign on to. And just believe that this was Bruce Wayne. I think there is. I think you are on to something there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, there is. There, you know, these characters in anything but like live action are just the characters. Mm-hmm. But when you know you have a different writer, a different director in movies, and it, obviously a different actor, they bring a whole different slant to things. Right. So you either have to accept it or just completely outright reject it. I keep thinking about Gort mentioning Alec Guinness. I'm just imagining them at the time. Like, look, we need to get a main, we need to get a big name onto this thing. Uh, Alec Guinness said he'll do it. 
And it's like, well, how much is he going to? How much is he going to cost? Oh my God! Look, just put a praying mantis monster over there. All right, the, the original plans are out. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, uh, you, now, do you know? And maybe I'm a little mistaken. Do you know what Alec Guinness made from the first movie? I do not. I don't either. Now, now somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. And I think he took a deal of fifty thousand dollars. But he was offered 5% of the gross, and he thought this movie was not going to do well. So I think you know what he took. Wow. And he made a mistake. Yeah. Well, I guess he looked at it from the wrong point of view. Yes. Wow. But he didn't know about that certain point of view until Return of the Jedi, so it's forgiven. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, so at this time, uh, getting back to you, did, did, you, were you buy, did you buy any of the, the prequels merchandise? No. At that point, I completely been done collecting everything was in the boxes you didn't have the talking basement. dancing jar jar banks and to- Dude, god no i had it i had it gort i had <laughs> it i had the jar jar bank See? and the darth maul bank <laughs> god bless what a sad See, time I, it's Go. hard to it's hard to quantify how i feel about star wars because it's such a huge part of my life i mean you know i my tattoo on me is, you know, a Tuscan Raider with a bunch of other things around it. But, you know, I I like it so much that I decided to ink it into my skin. So that's right. telling you something. Right. And it, you know, it's the only tattoo I've got. I liken myself kind of like an ex-priest or maybe even like, you know, Luke when he closed himself off from the Force. That's how I feel about Star Wars. Huh. I, I still love it. It's still always a part of me, but I don't care anymore. What part? At, be, at, well, at what point did you get to that? It it happened around my divorce. Oh, so it's all all of that is tied together. Yeah, it's all muddy and murky, and so much resentment building. And I don't want to, you know, dive deep into it, but that's why I'm away from it. Plus, the fact that I'm buying cake pans, I'm buying markers, I'm buying all this stuff, and I couldn't stop myself. Right. So I had to either completely stop or just go all in again. And I couldn't go in all in again, especially now that Disney owns it. You know, when they start marketing Maybelline makeup to girls right. for Star Wars stuff, uh, you know, I'd already checked out, but that's like, it. Are you, are you kidding? Seriously? Does that bother you? It doesn't bother me, but Disney's um, monetization of their properties does. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. <sighs> There's, I have weird things about me. Like, I, I'm basically a loner, even though I want to be part of things. Once more than like five people, or like on a, a global scale, like a hundred million people or whatever, are into something, that sours it for me. Like Game of Thrones when it first came out, Sopranos, everybody's talking about it. I want nothing to do with it. Hmm. So you like the band before they have? You like Metallica before the Black Album? Yeah, but I'm not, I, I don't, like, I like St. Anger. I think it's a good album. Everybody hates it. Hmm. Um, but, like, I don't completely eschew things. It's just, you know, I'll get it on the back end. I don't live through the whole excitement of things. Like, anytime anything big comes up, like the Avengers Endgame, I'm like, ah, shut up already. Because I'm tired of seeing it. Why do you think that you, there's, there's something psychological there. You realize that, oh. right? Yes, believe me. Why do you think that that's there? Why do you think what what is it that's causing the resentment of things that are popular? 
well, years of therapy have told me. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah let's, um, let's get to that. That is because I was picked on when I was a little kid. So, you know, that stuck with me. And like always feeling like an outsider in a small group of people, you know, continues to this day. Like, I know you guys and like I'll see you at NJCC or whatever, but I won't bother you because I think in essence, whatever my conversation with you is just a bother. Hmm. Like, and, and, Gord will tell you, like, we were just at NC, NJCC and like I'm walking around, I'm like not talking to anybody other than him and a couple people that I know. And even those are quick conversations, like hmm. attack and go. You know what, though? That's a bit of a blur for me because at certain points of that kind of show, my table ends up being extremely busy. I don't get time to focus on anything. And well, I, plus all the time you, you just spend counting that money. Oh, dude, that's not even a joke. But I, heard, I know. I heard you did quite well. Yeah. Oh, I did. I was, but I was, I was privileged to be right there when that deal you saw it. happened. Yep. And, and the thing is, I miss out on the experience of getting to hang out with everybody because, you know, we, we all say the fandom is not just like toys and collecting and all that. Like, it is the people. And that's why I go to these things, you know, but I'm not getting to see the people. And next time I'm not doing a table, like I want to hang out with people because I'm missing out on an opportunity yeah. and an experience. See, I went to DairyCon this past April and it was a completely different situation because those guys had tables and I was behind the table. So it was more fun for me, I guess, be it, 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 you know, it makes sense because I'm better behind the scenes. I'm the one getting shit together. I'm the one doing the art. I'm doing this, doing that, get, making the thing work. That's that's my strong suit. But yet, you know, the the fandom being, you know, a community is something that I struggle with. Right. I, I want to be a part of it, but I can't get over myself. Huh. I mean, that's pretty fascinating stuff. Like, so you so you let me see if, I, if I'm, I'm reading this right. So as a as a young person, you felt on the outside and mm-hmm. the things that were or the people that were on the inside were harmful to you. So now you view things in that same light when things are on the inside. Yes, I think probably the the biggest turning point was, like, I had a best friend as a kid. Mm -hmm. He was my best friend. I wasn't his best friend. And when Mm -hmm. I found that out, that kind of crushed me. No, that's painful shit for a kid. But yeah, this is a lighthearted show. No, 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 no. Is it, but it's but it's real. Like that's 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 always the best stuff is when you get to some real place. So mm-hmm. I, I I can give you one slight comparison that I had. There was a there was a kid I grew up with. His name was Michael Parasino. His family was close with my family. Like we were like cousins, you know, but weren't. And. I mentioned him like so he moved away when I was like five or six and like just to the other side of town. But when you're like five or six or or seven or eight or whatever it was like the other side of town, it might as well be Afghanistan, you know, Mm -hmm. and when he moved away, like I carried his name with me, you know, like it would be 10 years later, 15 years later. And I'd be like, Michael Parasino, that's my guy, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I would still mention him, even though I hadn't spoken to him in over a decade and a buddy of mine bumped into him like uh, he played sports and, and Michael, I think it was baseball and Michael played baseball. I played baseball as a kid, but I was out of it by this point. And he, when they, when they, he was like, dude, I know one of your closest friends as a kid. Um, and he said my name and he, and the dude didn't even know who he was talking about, oh. you know, and that crushed me. Cause I, I carried that name with me forever, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, um, 
and and I, I don't blame him because he hadn't, you know, he was eight, seven, eight years old last time he talked to me. He's he's now like eighteen, nineteen years old, you know, and he's mm-hmm. had ten years worth of memories and friends and girls and everything else, but bet- between those two points where he didn't even remember me. But I, yeah, that's I, I but I get it though, you know, I get I yeah. get why it's crushing, um, and it's a shame. Because I, I have a bit of that, too. It's not for the same reasons, but sometimes if the wave is too big, I can't, I can't deal with it. Like, I, mm-hmm. have, to, I have to assess it later on. Um, and then, but then on other, in other moments, like, I'm part of the wave. And then in other moments, like, I, I'll root for a guy for so long, and then he'll catch a wave, and I'll celebrate mm-hmm. it. You know, even if yep. the even if the music or the movie or whatever the the career goes way left of the things that have made me love them, I'll, I'll celebrate that success just because I'm happy for it, like genuinely happy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but but I, I but I, I can't... can feel you know joy for other people, mm-hmm. and and I I do. You know, I don't I don't I describe myself as somebody who is not overly out of their way to help somebody, but if you ask me, I will do anything for you. And I will do nothing to try and hurt you. Right. Um. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's interesting because like it's also at the same point it's like this this one thing that you did hold near and dear that was always part of a wave, you know, mm-hmm. and the wave really never subsided. It 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 mellowed, but it never went yeah. away. Yep. Um, and that's why I was able to, you know, still want to go to the Star Wars on opening weekends and everything, just because it's so part of me that I can't mm-hmm. divorce it. And, and I'd like to jump you, in there and say something about that, too. Now, professionally, you're a um, graphic designer, right? Sign maker, graphic designer, yeah. Yeah, well, it's part, it's part of the business. Um, now, I had asked you uh, before the show had fully launched if you could help make a design, and, and you did. And it looks phenomenal. Like I fell in love with it. And you went above and beyond anything that I asked you to do because I, I had simple vision. But but when I asked you for an Empire Strikes Back style logo from the, you know, like the Gone with the Wind poster, um, you already had a logo that looked like that for your own business on a business card. And that's just more of that. Like your love for Star Wars never went away right up to the point where you used it as part of your business. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, a family. You may have, you know, some brothers or sisters or whatever that you don't really talk to. But you're not going to hurt them. You don't hate them. You're happy if they do well. And every once in a while, you'll see them. Hmm. Hmm. It's powerful, man. But I, I wanted to get back to this to this one thing. And you and you use the term, like, right in the midst of it, which I find interesting, you know, where you say yeah, you had to divorce yourself from it. And here's this thing that you'd kind of ridden away for the whole the whole time. You know, you've gone through some ups and downs, but it was always a part of you. And then it becomes a hindrance at the same exact time that you're going through one of the most, you know, difficult times of your life, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it was a relief and and terrible at the same time. And then it's all it's all simultaneously tied together. And like it's like, um, you know, it, it's like trying to get the the milk out of the eggs you know <laughs> like um yep it ain't happening yeah huh that's fucking fascinating so so let's move into uh attack of the clones then mm-hmm. do you go now, open- attack of the clones was unique in the fact that it's the first movie in the star wars franchise and it really only 
I think the first movie I ever saw someplace that was not my hometown. I went on vacation with my uh, best friend. This one actually is my was my best friend. He's dead now, but um, sorry. So to hear we that. yeah, I'm yeah sorry to hear we that. went out to uh to Phoenix. Just I just picked somewhere. I wanted to go on vacation with him. Just take a little quick like weekend four day trip or whatever. And I opened up a map and I said, where have I never been before? Which was a lot of places, still is. And I'm like, you know what? Phoenix, let's go there. So we just went and that was the opening weekend attack of the clones. We got into town, got to the hotel. We're looking around like, okay. And Phoenix is huge. I had no idea. Like mm-hmm. we were on the outskirts of Phoenix, like which is 20 minutes outside of everything. So we're like, well, what are we going to do? Well, I guess we'll go into town. And then we saw the movie theater and like, want to go see the movie? So we saw it twice while we were in the span of four days while we were there. Really? And I liked it. I really enjoyed it. I mean, people hate this movie for some reason, and I don't get it. It's a middle portion of a story that has a lot of action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you're they're fleshing out the relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin to show you of some of the adventures they got in. So that way it shows you the bond that they had. Dude, I, it becomes a payoff later when you rewatch number four. Mm-hmm. I love there's one of the things I love about having these conversations is like, you know, we talked to Josh last week and it's his least favorite, you know, can't can't get past it soon enough. And then we mm-hmm. talk to you and you you see this like endearing element to it. And I talked to some people and they'll hate Return of the Jedi or I, I talked to other people. They hate Last Jedi. I'll talk to other people and they love Force Awakens or, the, you know, everybody like all these movies, like there's very few of them that like everybody sees the same way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, See, I, I shouldn't be confused by this or, or surprised at it at all, because if you spend any time of a one day on social media, you will see so many varying opinions that you probably didn't even think existed. Mm-hmm. Like you can post something innocuous and I'm going to use in a, a real world example. I posted something in the cafe the other day, just as a quick little stupid joke to Greg and the fandom lost their mind. I thought it was funny by the way, for what it's worth. <laughs> Thank you. It was stupid. It was just a quick thing. Cause Greg's not in my group. Cause I was going to post it there, but I'm like, okay, where does Greg go? He goes in a cafe. So I put it in there. And by the, by an hour or two later, there's 25 posts. I'm like, really? Yeah, that's why I was a little disappointed when you say you try to keep the puns to a minimum because I've seen your work. Ah. Um, yeah, no, I, I think, you know, there's this whole other conversation to that, that, you know, social media has given everybody a voice and does everybody deserve a voice? And I know that's a terrible thing to say, but, you know, some of the times the I... The point is, there, there, are, there are mindsets out there that you don't even think existed. Right. Like, how are you getting that from this? Right. Uh, where right. are you putting these two things together? So that's the same thing with people's viewing of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, like you're saying, people will see this movie and love it, and other people will see it and hate it. Yeah. And I still, like, um, there's parts of that movie that drag to me, uh, like Obi- like uh, C-3PO's head, for instance, but oh. there... <laughs> I couldn't help myself, but there, um, but like, uh, you know, that, that lightsaber, you know, when you see all those lightsabers turn on in that stadium, that makes me feel a way, you know, like, Uh and it's, there's very few moments that give me that feeling, um, to that magnitude. But it still feels good. And the 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 clone ships coming in, and Yoda says the most Yoda line ever. It's so Yoda that it sounds terrible. Um, around the survivors, a perimeter create. 
is like uh. one of my favorite things ever because it's like it's it's like um it's it's almost like seeing like a, a David Blaine, you know, or or something and he's he's showing you that he can juggle. And then at some point he finally mm-hmm. shows you the magic trick, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, dude, you are you are in touch with the dark arts. Um mm-hmm. you know, it's it there's something being so something. <laughs> you know, like a, uh, um seeing the notorious big eat a hamburger or something. Like, dude, you're in your <laughs> you're in, like you're in your element. Um mm-hmm. and I I love that about that moment. Now, the one of my other favorite lines from that movie, um, which I think often goes unnoticed, is it's very subtle, but it says a lot about that character. And it's from, from, <laughs> <laughs> it's also simultaneously Gort's favorite line. How do you feel about the Yoda scream? Uh, scream, I get it. You know, it's a little, little much, but you know, they wanted to show that Yoda had a, a little badass streak in him. Mm-hmm. But the the whole thing that kind of, I'm fine with it overall. But the ricochet rabbit of him bouncing all over the place, that kind of, you know, it's like Bing, 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 Bing. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny, man, because Josh said the same thing last week. You know, like it, it, it drove mm-hmm. him nuts. Um, and yeah. I, I love that part. Like I, I, it's one of those movies where like I, I like it's not that I don't enjoy the movie. I do. But I really watched that movie for that part. Like, you know, and, and that's why, like you're saying, like different points of view and different, you know, uh, uh, the way that something sits with you. And it's like the from the moment that he opens up that cloak and the, the camera's kind of panning around him, like in this circular motion and the music is ramping up until he puts it away real quick and grabs that thing from falling on uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan. It's mm. my favorite part of that movie. It, it was like everybody in the theater. I think we all had a collective collective gasp yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i remember there was an interview that i read with george lucas i can't remember what it was in it might have been entertainment weekly or um whatever the entertainment magazine or um it could have even been insider where he said this movie you're gonna learn why they call him master (laughs) (laughs) and like i remember like thinking to myself when he when he grabbed the lightning and then kind of put it put it in his pocket like a kiss, that I was scared that that might have been it. You know, you know, so when he pulled that blade out, I was like, "Good night." Uh-huh. Um. So, but you enjoyed the movie. What did you think about Count Dooku as a replacement? Uh, it just didn't make sense. Yeah, because of his age. <laughs> too old to begin the training exactly <laughs> if, if if 20 year old luke is too old this guy come on well i mean at the core of it though when you <clears> really not, i mean he was look at it from a right, right, right. big picture though um he was always after anakin i think that there's something about that that's clear mm-hmm. uh one way or another yeah and this guy <clears throat> was in a position of power he's a count you know yes and yeah he he has uh really a whole government body there uh, with this notion to separate. So plus there's like the, it's all his agenda. There's like the EU stuff that, you know, not everybody's aware of, but like on the Sith scale, like he got 50 points just for keeping solid foods down at his age, which was like a nice bonus. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, But yeah, no, um, you know, know, it was, I always think about there's like this behind the scenes footage of um, 
of you know making Dooku or whatever, and George Lucas walking to this room and finding the Asajj Ventress design and saying it's this. This is this is what I want. It's either going to be this or something completely different with Christopher Lee. <laughs> like, like I remember thinking to myself, this guy is out of his mind. Like whose mind thinks like that? Like yes, this bald alien sexy but strong female or christopher lee i'm going one way or the other on this oh look i think he just wanted to you know do another hammer films you know homage <laughs> well I, you know like I we th- had tarkin in the, or we had peter cushion in the original right let's put uh christopher well, lee in this well i think he i think that you know that that whole kind of that wave of 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 directors that came out around Lucas, like the Coppola's, the Ron Howard's, the, you know, all the the Spielberg's and all all those guys, they all have this like real appreciation of history with cinema. Mm -hmm. And I think that at that point, it was more important in George Lucas's mind for George Lucas to work with Christopher Lee than it was any other story component. Absolutely. I mean, if we want to look at a parallel, like just look at the way that they look at the movies and the serials that they grew up with and look at the way that we view the toys properties that we were growing up with. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's the same thing. Like you key in and love the things that you grew up on. Yep. That's a fact. So, uh, revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you about that. Do you remember the trailers? Uh, no, I don't. Hmm. So talk to me about your, your, your opinion after seeing the film. So, you know, once again, my best friend and I go to see this movie and I was very mindful of the fact that the second I sat in this seat, it would be the last time up until that point, obviously, that I would be seeing a Star Wars movie for the first time on a screen. Right, right. So I gave it a little bit of reverence, but I knew what to expect from the story. This was just giving me the down and dirty details. Huh. You know, we all know how the story went. Right. We just had to find out the exacts. Why? The exact how. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there was something interesting I came across last week that I meant to mention that I didn't when I was looking up some of the stuff. But um, do you know who else was in the running to play uh, Anakin for, uh, as an adult? I think I just read that the other day, but I can't remember. So it was a few. I, Leonardo DiCaprio, I think most of us knew that. Um, mm-hmm. But he took Gangs of New York instead. Uh, at the time, but he auditioned for it. Uh, Ryan Felipe was another mm-hmm. one, uh, and then two other ones that really made me go like, "Man, what does that?" Not, not that I, I'm, I'm anti Hayden or anything, but I'm just in my head. I'm like, "Man, what does that movie look like?" But uh, mm-hmm. Chris, Christian Bale was up for it. Good lord! Yep, and so was Heath Ledger. Hmm. Well, I mean, they were all younger, so I guess yeah. it, it may have worked. But <laughs> I'm mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know my power. (laughs) Um, but yeah, just the men, the women, and the children too. They're animals. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, so but you didn't feel so your your feelings for Revenge of the Sith are tied mostly to your feelings to Star Wars and not to the movie independently, is what it sounds like. And I think it was a decent movie. Mm -hmm. I really do. I mean, every movie has its, you know, drawbacks. There are very few perfect movies, Mm -hmm. um, especially with Lucas dialogue. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but this one was it was pretty good, and I can't. I'm trying to think of something that I had a problem with in that. Um, I can't think of anything now, but I do want to go back. Like last week, you were talking to Josh about the uh, when Dooku is executed. Mm-hmm. I I just watched it the other day, and you know, preparation. I watched a couple movies for this just to re-wet my information banks. Right. Um, but the look that Dooku gives Pals. Palpatine yep. is straight up, you mother. Yeah, effer. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the betrayal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I agree. There's something that there. was pure surprise. He's like, are you going to do me like this? Yeah. No, I, I, I see that. I see that as well. But he was, I don't know why he kept his mouth shut. I guess he was just resigned to the fact that that's my master and this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And he, it was, what's funny about all of that is he doesn't seem as committed to the dark side of the force as say like a Palpatine or a mole, you know, like, well, he was a convert, so yeah, and you know, I, he's probably conflicted. But, but I don't know that it's a matter of the dark side. I think maybe the way of the Sith more than the dark side, because he seemed, you know, really all about it to me. Well, well maybe he was gray to begin with. What, well, what I mean by that is, I feel like that would, that would be fair to say. I feel like that, like Sidious and Maul, are cut from the cloth of like, you know, almost like mustache twirlers in a, in a, in a to yeah. an extent. You know, like they're doing bad things for the sake of being bad. You know, whereas Dooku, I think he does think he's doing the greater good. Like he's using it as an ends, as a means to an end. Mm-hmm. And so that does, it does confuse me why he wouldn't just out him, you know, like right then and there. Like, uh, but he's a Sith Lord, by the way. <laughs> just, just <laughs> get his head chopped off. You know, the, uh, the other part of that scene that always, like, it always makes you go like, is um, when that, that piece of scaffolding falls on Obi-Wan's legs. Mm-hmm. It always looks mm-hmm. like it should like cripple him for life. Yes. It's huge. heavy. <laughs> but, yeah. but even worse when it hits him and it slides him, it, slides it looks like him. Han, it looks like Han Solo in the cantina in the special edition. Look, man, <laughs> I, I fell off a ladder two weeks ago from like a 12 foot height. I've messed myself up pretty bad. I didn't have a big piece of scaffolding fall on me and drag me across the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I do love the little uh, exchange between uh, Hayden and um, Christopher Lee, but during that, uh, you know, like my powers have doubled since the last time we, you know, all that bid and you know. Twice. How do you quantify that? <laughs> he uh, did. He did I, the midichlorian check. And I quantify it as like let's just draw another parallel to the original trilogy and redo the scene underneath in the uh, throne room. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, but, but in like his, you know, Anakin using both swords at that point, like it looks good. Like it's a, it's a, it's a good fight that I feel like often mm-hmm. goes overlooked when people talk about those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about, uh, paced. go ahead, go ahead. Court, what'd you say? I was saying it's quick paced. Yeah. Yeah. Like very. it's not drawn out. Nope. Nope. And, and when Anakin looks down on him, when he's got both blades on him, that feels like Vader to me. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the, the order 66 and Anakin's fall? How did you feel about that? I think Anakin's fall was a little premature. I mean, he goes from trying to be, do the right thing and stopping, um, Oh God, Mace. I couldn't, I blanked out. I'm thinking Sam Jackson. I'm seeing Sam Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember yeah, yeah. Seeing, uh, Mace, you know, have the, the emperor down and, you know, just holding him there. And he's like, I got to end this. And, Anakin's trying to do good, 
But then the second that Palpatine shoots him out the window and everything, he's like, "I'm okay. I'm going to do everything that you say." Yeah. I mean, yeah, there was the lore of the of you know the cheating death. You're right. Promise, but right. you know, I don't think that was enough for him to turn. That it just didn't feel right. But that's his everything, you know, Padme. So that's how he's viewing it, and it's just the snap sure. of a finger, really, that he turns, and you could really argue that that's the power of the dark side how strong it really is to suck you in so quick well that, should we call him the, the bipolar sith <laughs> <laughs> he might be that actually but um also i think that the, the i think that because i just watched episode two recently and when he says um you know to his mother like i failed you and I, i'll never fail again mm-hmm. like i think that is a bit that oath means more to him than the movies let on you know mm-hmm. And I think that that's a. I think at that point it's like if he fails Padme, he's simultaneously failing his mother. Yeah. You know, at least I draw that comparison anyway. I might. Uh-huh. I might. That's absolutely what it is. It's like you see a prior failure, and you're not going to let it happen. You're going to do everything you can. Yeah. Uh, and then there's that part. I'll tell you what other part that's weird with me in that movie is, uh, and I, I love Palpatine. In that movie is once again, it's like seeing that character in his element. You know. Um. But when he hits that, the force is <laughs> It's like, all right, Ian, dial it back. I mean, it's almost like he's having an orgasm. Like, it's like, yes. it's like so much force power that he's like, oh, God. Like, uh-huh. it's like try to carry on a conversation when you pop. Like, that's what it feels like. It's like happening. Mm, unlimited power! <laughs> yeah. He's a loon in that movie, but it's great. See, that, I don't know if that bothers anybody else, but his makeup, the difference between how he looks in that movie and how he looks in Jedi bugs the hell out of me. Yeah. Even though I know it's supposed to have just happened and the wounds are fresh, it just doesn't work for me. Well, it's funny because um, I, I agree with you, but but at the same time, I remember seeing it at first and when you know when he's changing. Uh, I have a question for you guys about that, by the way. I'll get to that in a second. But when he's changing... Like I was like, oh my god, that doesn't look right. But then when he, you know, it's it's shortly thereafter that he puts on the cloak and and then uh-huh. he puts on the hood, and I was like, oh okay, okay, it looks okay. Um, yeah, it gets a little better, right? Did um when he changes, do you guys read that as the effect of the lightning or the effect of his full dark side coming out? I think it's that. I think he he removed the, the fact that he's using all that to repel Mace is weakening his facade that he puts up. Okay. What about you, Gort? I think he might be older than, you know, is right. portrayed. Right, 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 right. I've always felt that it was a bit of both. That's okay. it. Like, I mean, you know, he's keeping the dark side sucked in and whatever it is that he had to be doing to make sure that no one knew this guy's attuned to the Force, you know, he has to let go and, you know, that's, messing up his skin his face and um you know at the same time you know he's getting splashed with lightning so yeah, yeah. i think it's I think like um, both. if you watch game of thrones it's like melisandre you know she keeps up that beautiful facade right but underneath she's really an old you know hag right i have no idea what you just said uh, yeah it's all right that's just girl um the 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 one thing though that uh like i i side more so with chris on on that on that view of it but when you said he was uh you know sucking the dark side like i think he was sucking that dark side so long that at some point he was the force is <laughs> um 
but there was uh, I wanted to see if there was something else that that I wanted to ask about that. But um, you know what I was most disappointed in in that sequence though was um, him chopping down those Jedi so quick when they came in the room. Like, because seeing the trailer, I was like, I can't wait to see that four-on-one fight, you know? Yeah, uh, and see, that that's a whole thing. Like, we were raised with one or two Jedis. Right. Or uh-huh. a Jedi and a Sith. So they were revered. They were special. Right. In this timeline, they're not. Right, right. Agreed. But they still should be able to repel a simple attack, you know, the first volley of an attack. Yeah. Be ready. Hold your, hold your saber in front of you. And, and even worse, I mean... You know, you you pointed out in the last episode, Bobby, uh, Palpatine jumps out there and he goes, <laughs> you know, he's got he's got his scream. But the first guy that's getting knocked out, he's like, yeah. <laughs> he just dies and sounds like a little bitch. Yeah, they didn't even throw the Wilhelm scream in. Right. They, they did at some point in the movie. But yeah, that for that sure. Thing. For sure. I don't know if that would be better or worse. <laughs> right. The, uh, ah! I'll tell you that, love that, scream. that that other line from there is like something <laughs> that's often said with like me or like my circle of friends. Like, you know, like you stump your toe on something and then like, you, I, I, like ah! and then but, oh, are you OK? And I just look at it like the attempt on my life has left <laughs> me scarred and deformed. Um, it's like I said, the more trivial the injury, the better. Uh, mm-hmm. What about the Anakin Obi Wan fight? Uh, I I think that was good, maybe a little drawn out. Um, and at the end, just watching it the other day was the first time I actually thought this thought, and I'm surprised. When Obi Wan, you know, slashes his legs off and everything, he's sitting there at the edge of the thing about to catch on fire and catching on fire. If you love somebody, wouldn't you just go put them out of their fucking misery? <sighs> yeah, I, I've thought about that scene a lot. Um, I don't... I think that Obi-Wan's... I think the, the there's a discussion regarding Obi-Wan's moral compass that's probably hours long. Mm. Because I think at a certain point he was definitely of the the mindset of you know the Jedi know best period mm-hmm. but he always has that Qui-Gon voice in the back of his head yeah and i think it's skewed how he views right and wrong and i would love to know like i like you know more about his thoughts at that moment and mm-hmm. maybe and, with this new show we'll uh, we'll figure it out maybe hopefully hopefully i'm looking forward to that new show and there was somebody I was talking to recently about, uh, I can't remember whether it was here, or we were talking about the Clone Wars coming back and uh, that it might be running simultaneously through episode three. Like oh. the, the end of that story might be taking place during Order 66 and all that kind of stuff, which I, which would really excite me. Mm. See, I didn't get into any of the Clone Wars or any of the animated stuff at all. Mm. <clears throat> the Rebels, no, none of that. Yeah, uh, Rebels has its ups and downs, but Clone Wars starts low but by the end of it it ends very very it starts high. simple yeah there's a lot of character building and it's it's very one-off until it starts to feel more like an ongoing series yes. which is definitely in season three yes but you get a lot of weird elements and maybe it's just a matter of star wars storytelling because you have episodes that take place in funny orders some of the episodes in the first and second season take place before the the initial clone wars movie and that's just ridiculous. Or the first episode at the end of um, season one, Cad Bane's appearance. In season two, there's episodes that are the f- 
prequel to that. Right. Why? Why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. It's confusing, and, and I, it, it did lose me when I was watching it. I, it took me a second to realize what's going on. Well, like I said, I never watched it, but something that confused me was Anakin's not a master, but no. yet he has a Padawan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that was kind of, um, you know, like desperate times. So you allow for you allow for some rules to be bent in order to create, you know, more fodder for your army type of thing. Gotcha. I mean, emergency any, powers. Yeah. And any established rules that we do know from the canon uh, up until that point, it, it, there's a lot of stuff that you could say is thrown out the window. And they're presenting us what may have always been the case that a knight could teach and you don't need to be a master. Uh-huh. The... um. There's, there's, I can't remember whether it's in Rebels or Clone Wars, but there's like some comparison or some information that you can d- deduct from it that suggests that Saul Guerrero was on Geonosis, you know, long after the Clone Wars or long after the initial beginning of the Clone Wars and uh, was breathing in that air and the Republic had basically pestis- put pesticides on that planet to kill off the bugs. Oh, well, yeah. I don't- I don't know about the Republic doing that. Definitely the the Empire. Okay, the Empire. Time. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. And then Saul's been breathing in that air, and that's why he's on that ventilator, for lack of a better term, in Rogue One. Mm. Well, um, we saw what them things on Geonosis look like. I'd be dumping right on them, too. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> exactly. So let's move into the, the Disney era a bit. And the Force of... Well, let's, what is your reaction to the buyout? Uh... You know, it was just, you know, Disney had bought Marvel previously and, you know, just seeing big corporation after big corporation gobble up the little one. Yeah. You know, it was like, okay, you know, Disney's amassing ABC and ESPN and all those properties. Now they do this and they or they got Marvel. Now they got Star Wars. They got the Muppets. All of that stuff. Pretty much everything that I grew up on is sucked into the Disney conglomerate now. As far as business, I don't care because I'm not getting any money from it. Right. Uh, I'm also not pumping any money into it other than seeing the movies. Um, but as far as how they were going to handle the movies, I didn't worry because of their track record. With right. Right. I'm of two minds with that. So there's a logical side of my mind that says like, Oof, like, like you're saying, this isn't good. This isn't good for this one company to kind of you know, harness such power. Mm-hmm. And then there's my heart that's like, but you're gonna get more Star Wars. Just exactly. sh- just shut up. Just keep keep your fucking logical mouth shut. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I'm I kind of I'm with you on that. So you see Force Awakens, and what is your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Well, this is the first movie that my wife actually saw. She okay. took me. She bought the tickets for my birthday and took me to see it. Um. So it was a little bit different experience, and it was the first 3D Star Wars movie I saw. Right. And might have oh, been actually the oh. first 3D movie I saw in the theater. Right. Now, now hold, hold up there. Do, do you guys remember they were supposed to do all the original movies, the six of them, in 3D? Yes. No. Did I any of you that. see episode one in 3D? No. I I did that, and it was it was a really weird thing. Uh, all the CG effects in 3D looked really cool. Like, it, it worked. It felt right. But anything else that was 3D, like a more practical effect, it looked mm-hmm. awful. Like battle, sure, battle droids look great. In did 3D. they make sure that they got the the rectangles away from the outside of the Tie Fighters and the X Wings? 
that was because there's even after, yeah. even after the special editions, yep. there were still a couple scenes yep. they missed. Yep. yep, yep, for sure. Um, so you go. So this. So this is this is kind of tying back to you, right? So you 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 go through this divorce. Star Wars is is intermingled in it, like the eggs and yolk. I mean, uh, the mm-hmm. eggs and milk. And now you have remarried, um, mm-hmm. and you're going to see it with your new wife. Yes. And how does talk about all that? How does that feel? And what is your feelings with the movie? Uh, it it doesn't really. I mean, it, I I see the parallels you're drawing, but it really doesn't tie because the relationships are completely different. Um, my age level is different. I have kids by this point and have been married for longer than I was married originally. Okay. Um, so our relationship was, you know, fine. And she was not into this stuff. So I know she was doing something for me, which was nice. Right. You know, to have someone, you know, your significant other take an interest in the things that you do, I didn't think was important. Yeah, it's a blessing. Until man. recently. Yeah, it's, a, it, it's, it's huge. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so, so what do you feel about the movie? Walking out of the theater. Uh, it it was good. Um, I don't think I was blown away by it because I'm seeing it as a forty-something-year-old guy now. Right. And I have completely different view of life and different things that I see when I'm watching a piece of entertainment and things that I pick up on and things that I ignore now. Um, so, talk about that a bit. The whole like introduction of the three new main characters, the Ray, the Poe, and the... Uh, Finn. What's his face? Finn. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it had to happen. It, it just had to happen. But the way that they gelled, even though if I look at A New Hope, it, same, it happened the exact same way with Luke and Han. Right. Uh, just seeing Ray and Finn bond like that, and even more to an extent... Um, Finn and Poe. Right. It's like, look, you just, he, he busted you out and you got off on a TIE fighter. It's like, you're not tight yet. So to speak. Yeah. Um, (laughs) 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 but just having Han in there and I knew Han was going to die from the second they said they cast him. Right. Right. Like Harrison Ford has wanted to be dead. Yeah. It's a fact. Return of the Jedi. And they're going to give it to him. And it was probably a condition of the deal. Uh, 100% was. So, you know, when he faces Ben on the bridge and you see that conflict in Ben and, you know, it's a it's a trick. You know, he's conflicted because he the little bit is conflicting him that he doesn't want to kill his dad. The rest is I got to kill this guy and become a, a badass Sith. So to see him do that, you know, it, it hurt, you know, to see Han die because he was always one of my favorite characters. Right. And, you know, when you're running around beat, playing Star Wars as a kid, you're either Luke or you're Han. For sure. Well, I was well, Chewbacca. In my generation. <laughs> I don't know how what generation this generation identifies as. Gort, Gort was 3PO. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it might be fair, Gort. Everybody goes outside and they're like grabbing their blasters and everything. And Gort's like, I am fluent in over six minutes. They're like, God, oh, God, Gort. You're fucking ruining it. <laughs> um, yeah, I was a, I was a solo kid for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, the movie overall was good, mm-hmm. and you know, but seeing Han die was sad. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, so then we have Rogue One. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that movie I really enjoyed because yeah, it was completely sideways. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that movie as well. And it, that movie, I feel like, I don't want to say it is, but that might be the first and last Star Wars movie that was directly aimed at capturing the adult fan. Mm-hmm. And it worked. I think, yep, large, by and large. It was really, it was an adult story, and it was really just meant to f- flesh out what happened in a little period of time that was often talked about, but we never saw. Yeah, I still want a Rogue One Part 2 with <coughs> uh, many Bothan spies. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I would like that. That sounds good. Yeah, man. And, I, and I'm full on in the Jin camp versus the Ray camp. So, so, so talk about that. I just think she's prettier. Oh, prettier. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? Let me ask you That's this. That's what I mean. I, I, I'm not sure if I, <clears throat> I actually. I think I prefer Daisy, but um, I, I, I like I like both their characters, but um, I do find Daisy to be more charming. There's something about her that's like mm-hmm. has this like little sister quality. Like you just want to make sure she's okay. See, um, and that makes sense. Why I'm attracted to Jen because she's a little bit of darker, and I'm attracted to her dark. There you go. There you go. See, I had enough dark women growing up. Where I, I, I like, I like the nicer, kinder ones. Um, yeah. So, uh, so you see Rogue One, you love that, and then we get into the Last Jedi. So, talk about that. That's that's a very controversial film, you know, amongst <clears throat> the fandom, and um, you know, for better or worse. So, talk about your feelings regarding that film. You know, all the argument or discussions that you guys have had on previous episodes, I I pretty much agree with all of those points. The uh, the protracted space battle, but that was just done to flex the uh, the new order's might. Right. Say that we can just chase you and sit back here and wait for you to die. Yeah, and I think there's an element of um, showmanship about it. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, I agree. That and and hubris. Yeah, that's a big one in that movie. Hubris, <clears throat> hubris, and failure to me are the two themes of that movie. Yep, and guess what? That's pretty much life if you live it right. Yeah. yeah. And the hubris thing, too, like just as a theme for the Jedi. Uh, before the show, we were talking about the librarian in <laughs> episode two. Oh, wait, let me let you want to touch me, on that, Chris? I want to impress, impress Gort real quick. Jocasta Nu. That's fine. <laughs> it's, good, it's good you know that. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, go ahead, Chris. What are you asking me to to say about her? Oh no, the 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 line of dialogue. Like we were we were talking about um, Camino and how oh. her her response with Obi Wan. Yes, if an item does not appear in our archives, it simply does not exist. And it's that Jedi arrogance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always there. Yeah. Yeah. And was she Jedi? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so. Oh man, that sucks. Like even even a Jedi who's got to be able to be badass and lift stuff or whatever, she got to be a librarian. She she got to move around a bit in the Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah. She also got fifty points for keeping solid food down on the light nice. side of the Force. Um, yeah, she, yeah, that's that's true. That's true, man. It, that's a good point. I think, I think I think she was supposed to have a, a death scene in Episode Three. Oh really? So it was yeah. Shock T. Like yeah, she had like five death scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
one in a video game. Yeah, that's a fact. The final. I like her like little tribal bit in the video game. I like that. The uh, um, let me let me ask you this, Chris, about uh, the, the, have you guys heard about this book that's coming out? That's like um, like Luke's research regarding the Jedi. No, no. It's a book that's coming out. It's like a um, it's it's like an encyclopedia is basically what it is, but it's all about Luke's findings um, and research and what that yielded. So it's supposed to be like everything written through Luke's point of view when he's going to be talking mm-hmm. about the old Republic. Okay. He's going to be talking about all the old Jedi's that he finds during the the, the Republic era. Um, you know all of his research, so I, like I'd be interested. Like I'm, I'm really looking forward to picking that up because I, I want to see what he has to say about you know the Jedi during the kind of Palpatine era. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that's a cool idea. Yeah, and yeah. It, like I, I like fiction, but I also like books like that. There was one that did come out. I think it was called The Legend of Luke Skywalker, and it's a bunch of short stories about Luke and and like the tall tales, like people running into them, and it's really their interpretation from their point of view. This is Luke Skywalker, uh, you know, when they're coming across him in the moment, and not not a great book, but it was it was an interesting read. Yeah, I, uh, I love that. I love that when your reputation precedes you. Yeah, yeah, and yes. Yes. Some, oh, something else I'd like to see the Marvel comics. Uh, they have like side stories. The uh, Journal of Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, Luke reading through it. He picked up the book on Tatooine, and that was all he got. You know when. <clears throat> Like he bailed from Obi Wan's house. I think it was destroyed, uh, oh. actually, early in the comic too. But it, it, it's um, stories that are, you know, firsthand accounts of Obi Wan, or just stories of Yoda and other characters. And yeah, it's cool. It, it's cool. Yeah. I, I would, I would love a book like that too. You, you guys talk about like the the books and the video games and everything on other shows, and we kind of went past that period. But in the Dark Ages. I was all about picking up all the books and, you know, I read a bunch of them, but I don't like to read a lot. So a, a lot of the uh, things I got on audio tapes, the tales from like the cantina, cantina Java's palace, yep, the yep, bounty yep. hunters. Yep. I love those books. Yeah. Those were mm-hmm. great. Those are great. Those, like, and then when you watch the, <clears throat> I remember one thing about those books is like, I would read them and then like even just one of the stories, you know, and then I would run back and watch the movie and try to see that character differently now. Because I, yep. you know, yeah, yeah. Which cool. which stormtrooper is Davin Felth? <laughs> Davin Felth, uh, TK one four five. No, I don't. No, I meant I meant like walking around in the movie. Oh, oh, oh okay. See, that's 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 Gort flexing on me because I said you cut. But name. but if you if you if that was actually his number, I don't remember that. But that's good. That's cool. I think it was TK one one four five. So, um. What about the uh, the whole the climax of Last Jedi, the whole Luke bit and and Kylo square off and and then Luke joining the Force? How do you feel about all that? Uh, I again, I loved it. Um, mm. About the only thing I really didn't like in that movie was Super Leia. Right, 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 right. Um, but you know the way that Luke went out, I think is the way that he had to go out. And I think the only way that he was going to find peace through the force. I agree, man. I agree. Like it's a beautiful ending that I, I I'm so bummed that has this like yeah. controversy surrounding it. Cause I'm like, man, I can't imagine anything better. Like I would have never imagined this <clears throat> and everything I had imagined is not as good. Mm-hmm. And the irony of it is Han dies in force awakens. Luke dies in the last Jedi. Carrie dies in real life. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. so just seeing that, it's like, okay, it's, it's kind of sad. You know, it's, it's sad realizing that we are not the important generation anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, got to interrupt. You, what was the designation you had? TK1145. 114. Okay, so there's two. That It turns out you're wrong, but mm. he does have two. Uh, the Star Wars Decipher customizable card game had him as 1124, but the book had him as 1023. Mm. So somebody failed their research project. Well, that's similar to the <laughs> that's similar to the combination of my luggage. That's how it turned out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, only a moron has that luggage combination. <laughs> um. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's cool, man. It, it, like it, it's it's interesting to me that. Uh, that that it did that it did hit for you that it hit home for mm-hmm. you you know um and I, I think as an adult i can understand the the more mystical and like the deeper meanings of mm-hmm. the films yeah cuz they have them yeah for sure for sure so uh what about solo uh solo i i think he did a good job but you know seeing the the test shots of the other guy like his own um, audition tapes he looks and I think pu- would have pulled off Harrison Ford better than the guy that they did choose although he did a great job yeah he did I, I like I like his performance too man and I, I was really worried about it you know mm-hmm. um, I mean I was worried the fact that they changed directors oh yeah and then they said Ron Howard's gonna do it and I'm like alright Ron Howard does great movies right. but is he gonna do a great Star Wars movie yeah I I, I wonder if we'll ever get, I would imagine we will in like 10 to 20 years, um, but get kind of the information on both Rogue One and Solo and what the mm-hmm. initial vision was for both. I'd be curious to I, know that. I think both of those are another example of Disney hubris. Mm. They thought that they could put something out and it would be marginal or whatever to some people and that everybody would enjoy it. Hmm. You might but be right. again, they're not making it for our generation. They're making it for the younger generation, even though we still buy and consume a vast majority of what they're selling. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so where are you right now? Where's your excitement level? We got a whole bunch of Star Wars news recently, right? We have uh, we have Ryan Johnson kind of ramping back up for his trilogy. We have this Game of Thrones trilogy coming. We have... Um, What's his uh, the Mandalorian, the Clone Wars, which you don't really give a shit about, which I understand. Um, and then we have uh, Episode Nine and all uh, Obi Wan. All this stuff is coming now. Where 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 are you at with all of it? I will probably watch the Mandalorian and Obi Wan just because I find you know, number one, I want to know about Obi Wan's backstory, For sure. living on Tatooine, and Mandalorians are just badass, so why not? Right. Um, and that's that seems like that's going to skew a lot more adults, especially with uh, Favreau directing it. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the other things, like Episode Nine, um, I just wonder how they're going to kill Leia. <laughs> do you think they're going to kill her? I, I do. I, I think, like somehow, I, I, like somehow, I think it's the wrong choice. It's the I think it's the wrong choice, but I think they see it as a way of completely cutting ties with the old she wonders, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's dead in real life kind of helps their cause. Well, it's a weird way to word it, but I, I get what you mean. <laughs> um, Gord, do you have any questions for for Chris? 
Uh, I mean, I have my uh, <clears throat> rapid fire. But... Yeah, let's do. Let's let's run some. Oh, off. before we get that. Yeah. Number one, I read the Truth of Bacura by Kathy Byers. You did not. I read it from cover to cover. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. And I remember the Saruk <laughs> and imagining them look like a cross between a Velociraptor and a Slee Stag from Land of the Lost. <laughs> Gort, <laughs> um, we're gonna have to scan all future guests to make sure that we don't have any liar <laughs> any any liars on board. <laughs> There are so many books that I didn't read, but I actually read that, and I had it in hardcover. I, I actually have it in hardcover as well, but uh, I can tell you it's about one chapter that's read in it. Uh, it did suck, but you know, yeah, I had to. Re- it happened right after Endor. Yeah, well, I just looked it up on uh, Amazon. It has no reviews, which kind of suggests no that reviews it, for sure. a twenty-year-old book. Yeah, no wow. one because no one's read it, mm. including you. Gord, do you have do you, do you have any uh I, one, one other nerd flex? Yeah. Maurice Saraband is the producer of or the record label for the Shadows of the Empire soundtrack. <laughs> well done. Um, which is a phenomenal soundtrack. <laughs> so I hear, so I hear. Let's fire some off, Gord. All right. Uh what's your favorite lightsaber color? Purple. Purple. Excellent choice. Common. What color? Is your astromech navigator droid? Orange. Orange. Matches your flight suit? No, because I like uh, Philadelphia Flyers and their color is orange. <laughs> Philly people. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Gaffy stick. Go birds. Gaffy stick or Blastag DL44? Gaffy. <laughs> I, I thought so. Do you know what the Blastag DL44 is? That's a rifle, isn't it? It's Han Solo's pistol. Okay. Uh, who is your favorite pod racer? Sabalba. Yeah? Ben, yeah. ben Quadineros is the correct answer. Yeah. I, I like Gascano. He's got four <laughs> arms. Which is the one whose thing stalled completely? That's, that's, that's Ben Quadineros. That's Ben? That's ben? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I also like that one that's like when he's getting ready to, when the, 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 when he's getting ready to bite it, he's like, <laughs> oh, oh. That's, that's one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's that guy's dying words. He got shot by Tuscan Raiders. It's like Barney off of Simpsons. What is he like a like a lizard bird man with a blindfold? Yeah. How you driving the most dangerous vehicle I've ever seen in existence with a blindfold? Yeah. Like he's not a Jedi. <laughs> but maybe he is force sensitive. Mm. No. No. <laughs> uh, best thing about Jar Jar uh, that he's not in any more movies mm. that, that's fair <laughs> <Was it expected? laughs> uh, what novel has the best cover mm, that's a good one mm. that is a good one uh, I'll have to remember but I, I since I have a Fondness for it anyway. I would say Tales from the uh, Most High's Cantina. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? Empire, without a doubt. Least favorite? Phantom Menace. Mm. That's that's actually mine as well. Both. What is? Who's your favorite Jedi? Jedi, I would. Hmm. I'd say Luke, mm-hmm. just because he's the longest. You know, it's funny. Like Luke might be mine now after Episode Eight, but he wouldn't have been mm-hmm. prior. 
Um, yeah, because really, he was kind of a failure. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite dark side user? Uh, I'm a go Vader. Yes. Yeah, so it's a hard one to get past, man. Yeah. Um, favorite non force user? Hmm. That's a good question. <clears throat> I'm going to say were at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't want any blasters. What about bro? What about Broshek? No droids. <laughs> what about Broshek, man? Broshek is my favorite dude at the bar. Broshek. No, not yeah. not in my house. Oh, he's bro- did he change <laughs> ethnicities? Or no, he just Broshek in my house. Okay. <laughs> because he's like he's, he's, well, he's single handedly responsible for saving the universe. I mean, him and Chewie are the one broken a deal. So yeah. you know that goes back to that discussion that maybe. Chewie sees Han as a pet, and he's the boss. Yeah. Well, he put he puts uh he puts Chewbacca and he puts Han and Chewie in touch with Luke and Obi Wan, and you know then he just goes off goes off on his adventure to just continue being awesome. He also yep, beat uh, Han Solo's record. <laughs> yes, yes, that's what Brosheks do, bro. Um, and he's wearing Bosk's outfit. That's true. Also, easy yeah. custom fodder for anyone out there that wants to give it a whirl. Um. If that's all I got. Do you have anything else, Gort? Uh Well, real, real quick. I mean, everybody like favorite Jedi. I just wanted to throw in there. Mine is Quinlan Voss. Like I, I love that guy in the comics, and everybody's always picking from the movie. And I know not everybody reads the EU, but now nah, I just love getting that guy's name out there. That's all. Yeah, he's cool, yeah. man. Did you read uh, Dark Disciple? Not yet, but that's he's, he's, that's it. He's That's all, basically at the top of the list. He's awesome. Uh, he's awesome in it, man. He's awesome in it. Did um somebody said so? I did that that video, the the top ten figures I want made from Black Series recently, and somebody said Quinlan Voss is kind of in episode one. Yeah, there's a character in the background. Um, I forget if uh, canonically that's actually supposed to be him, but it's definitely what his design in the comic is based off of. There's just like a dude with a cloak, and he's got the yellow stripe on the face. Where is he? Was he next to the Praying Manus? Oh, um, he's in Mos Espa. You can see him, I think, early on. Like, maybe about the time Jar Jar's, you know, sucking down some frogs. <laughs> <laughs> or stepping in some icky, icky goo. <laughs> God That's why you wear shoes. Dude, I wish Ben Quadineros would have been with the crew instead of Jar Jar. <laughs> um, he always looked like, like a Tweedlebug or something to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chris. Yellow California raisin. Chris, uh, Chris, thank you for coming on. Uh, well, thanks for having me, man. Is there anything you'd like to plug or, or put people on to while you're here? Uh, I do a couple things. Uh, we mentioned it at the top of the, pod, uh, the show. I uh, do a podcast called TKO, Totally Knocked Off. We are coming up to the end because we have all lost the flavor for doing this thing. So I really give you props for all the stuff that you're involved in and how long you've been doing it because it is tiring. It's a lot of work and it really can get dull. Yep. Yep. It sure can. Uh, but beyond that, we're going to episode 100 and we went back up to every week now. We were two weeks for a while. But I just want to get it done. So that'll put us having our last show, episode 100, on uh, January 2nd of 2020. There you go. That that satisfies my OCD in reaching <laughs> a nice round number and being in the beginning of the year. Right. Um, will you still be creating merchandise? Because I do have your salt shaker and your uh, body spray. <laughs> 
in my basement on, dis on display? Uh, the future of TKO is uncertain, just as the future is. Copy. Um, but we'll all do something. You know, the, the channel will remain open. We'll probably every once in a while, you know, get the desire to go up and throw up a show, but it won't be an official thing. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. um, but that'll be coming to end beginning of January. So if anybody wants to get on the show, because we have a guest every week, we ask them the same 13 questions. So we ask everybody. Yep, I've been on. And yes, you have. You were on early, but unfortunately, the audio wasn't working well that night. And I hate that. Yeah. Do you, do you, I'm sure you do stuff like this, too. You go back and revisit things that you did before, and all you see is the failure. I, I try. I try not to. So we, so we, we actually have a problem with this episode that we're recording that once we're done, I have to put a little disclaimer at the front of. But yeah, it's, it's a plague of everything that I create in any way, shape or form is that like all I see are its flaws. Mm -hmm. And that goes into the second thing that I'm really you know, kind of known for in the community, I guess, is I do customs. But I only do custom transformers, and I only do them for me. There you because go. number one, I'm filling holes on my shelves, and two, I'm such so picky about my work that I don't think I could send it out and be happy to somebody who was paying for it. I have so, a, I have a custom of yours on display as well. Yes, you do. It's one of the few non-transformers customs that I did, and you know, I did that. Back, what, what, like three, two, three years ago now? I was yep. just coming into SCU and listening to that and, and your reviews. I mean, I saw your review. That got me into you. And then it got me into SCU and right. Rage and Realm and all that stuff. Um, but, like, as a thank you just for the entertainment that you provided me, I just wanted to do that. Yeah, and I appreciate it. It's actually it's one of the very few pieces that I've kept uh, on card, so to speak. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's 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 one of my it's I actually I, I value it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. it, it's those little things like I have certain pieces from cons or like pieces somebody may have given me or whatever. Those mean more because they have providence. Yep, for sure. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no. Uh, if you want to find me on Facebook, I go under an alias just because I have a real job and a wife and kids, and I don't want this nerd shit getting to the wrong people who may be prospective customers. You don't want the milk and the eggs. I do not. Um, so if you want to look for me on Facebook, I go under Michael Aspire. There it is. Uh, also, uh, if you'd like to be on this show, let us know. We have an email set up now. Gort, you want to give that out? Uh, yes, that would be the force sensitive at gmail.com. How did we get lucky enough to get that as an email? I that is nice, but it's nice and simple. Yeah, I would have definitely thought we would have been the Force Sensitive Pod or the Force Sensitive One oh. or yeah. the Force Sensitive Seven Six Five Two. Actually, one one four five. When the Force Sensitive came about as a name, I went and locked down accounts for a bunch of things immediately, mm -hmm. um, yeah, like Instagram, Twitter, all that. Do you post? Have done that everything. Guy Something with everything, up. though. Do you post on that stuff? No, not yet. Okay, let me know when you do, so I can start putting all that in all right so that'll do it uh we're gonna play the name game here in a minute uh so uh until next time uh it's, it's, next week is the off week so in two weeks gort and i shall return and see ya <laughs>